0: bearcat bounce podcast back at it again happy monday everyone it is a, it's a monday following a, a pretty thrilling week if you will for bearcat sports it's a, a thrilling week taking a look at the future of bearcat sports that's right positive strong commitments on both basketball and football front a, a, a loaded loaded visitor weekend on the football side for Coach Satterfield and the staff. And then, of course, Wes Miller. He stays hot. He stays fired up. It's a Monday where we get to chat about all of that. A Monday where we also get to, get to take a glimpse into what we, we think is going to be continuing to happen here in the offseason for all sports. And, of course, another Monday where I get to welcome in my guys, my pals. Minus one. Minus one who decided to go on vacation. A vacation that was not granted approval. The time off was not approved by one Chad Brendel. But yet he still went. So, without further ado, my two guys today, Mr. Chad Brendel and Ryder or gentlemen. How are we? Uh, I've been packing
1: all day. I, I leave tomorrow. I, I but I don't. I'm not going on vacation. Oh, I'm going to be a volleyball dad. I'm going to go grind it out in the gym in Orlando.
0: Okay, you know.
1: Hard hitting, okay. Volleyball dad action, okay. No pool. I'm not even taking swim trunks. There's no okay. time for
0: the
2: pool. Yeah, go win a championship. go win nationals.
0: Okay. Well, well, that don't got come me. Come back
2: without the trophy, Chad.
0: Yeah, don't come back without the trophy. That's what oh, we're I'm saying.
2: I'm leaving her. If they don't, if they don't, if,
1: yeah, she's she gets to what's, stay in Orlando.
0: What's that thing that they say for the NBA Finals? They like, like they only packed one suit or something like that. Yeah, I only packed one suit. Yeah, because 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 I ain't going back without you know some other some other luggage with me. <laughs> but uh, but what is that on UCF's campus or is that downtown? No, it's it it's
1: a uh, ESPN Disney. Oh wow! Apparently, there's like 160 courts in this yeah. facility.
0: The wide world of sports down there at uh so, beautiful Disney. Where are you staying? In the,
1: uh the Universal Marriott.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I think Universal Marriott or Universal Hilton, one of
0: the two. Yeah, just I, yeah, one of those. I just right. I put
1: it in the GPS and go when we get there.
0: Are they letting the, the, the girls go into one of the parks on one of these days or is this just no not the no, second you land, it's no nonstop.
1: Well, uh we get there at like five o'clock tomorrow and then the volleyball starts Wednesday and mm-hmm. then wednesday thursday friday saturday she's got games all day every day
0: Whew. you're back and monday then, uh
1: father's day off yes Very good. uh we got a little got a little verbo action uh for father's day so we'll get there saturday night i got like one of the you know like the condo complexes with the pool
0: yep. and the restaurant yep.
1: and the bar like everything all right there so i got us one of those Nice. For uh Saturday night and Sunday and then fly back Monday. Oh, and wow. uh then be back here with you guys Monday night.
0: BBP, welcome back. How are we?
1: Yeah, uh Let's well,
0: go. we will welcome you back with uh with open arms, only if you bring home a trophy. That's it. I know. It, it better, better be sitting
1: here like on the, the little table right
0: here. Oh wow. Right the, underneath there better be a trophy. Right underneath the team ticker with with the big 12 logo on it. Ooh. Yeah, right underneath the team ticker. That's beautiful. Um, I've had a couple people
1: get their team tickers and ta- tell me how awesome they are.
0: Yeah. So, I, I heard you. I heard you saying that you're going to get Dave to hang it up somewhere, right?
1: No, he's just decided he's not going to do it. Like,
0: curmudgeon insubordination. It's
1: insubordination. He's on vacation
0: this week too. Yeah. Did he request time off? No, nobody
1: requested time off.
0: No PTO. <laughs> no
1: Unfortunately, PTO. the uh, human resources department passed away in April, so I don't know who they would have even mailed it to.
0: <laughs> Head <So>. of HR.
1: <laughs> so Ke- Kelly clear. ran all the Kelly ran HR. She ran yeah. uh, accounting.
0: HR, she's accounting. Yeah. Front so of house, I, back of house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Haven't I, found a replacement. Now it's yeah. Now all <laughs> things go. That's why everyone's just taking vacation left and right. And yeah, yeah. Warriors going to big booty dances and whatnot. <laughs> Golly, gotta love it. But, good uh, yeah, there, man, good, good weekend though, Chad. This past,
1: yeah, it was, it was pretty mellow. Kelsey had a friend over, okay. So. Um, a,
0: but yeah, L- it's been, it's been good. Ellie De La Cruz watch party left and right.
1: I mean, that's must be TV. Oh, um, I'm, he's getting ready to come up right now, I think.
0: Oh, man, give us the locked in play by play while I tell Ryan Royer, sir, how are we? We're
2: good, man. Had a nice weekend, a little recharge. Um Need it was it. nice. Yeah, yeah. Just got a nice little workout in, feeling okay. good, ready okay. to
0: rock with y'all. I love it. Yeah, you know, pretty, pretty wild because you were in Chicago last weekend, right? For uh yeah. the, the big booty mix and big uh big booty nation. Big booty nation up in there, and well as well as t- Taylor Swift, right? And then <laughs> of, of course didn't make my
2: way over to the Swifties, but
0: this this past weekend at Wrigley field was dead company Chad you you might you might be in a little bit of that but uh, not, a,
1: not a huge debt I mean I like the dead but I, I never did like the dead the dead show scene right I'm more of a fish guy myself
0: same same but still oh, I, a lot of things going on in in Chicago and that was also the location that they had the most recent uh Bearcat meetup, right? This, this past week. So that's a, yeah. The, what is that?
1: The caravan. What is that? They the just, caravan. they take the coaches, they go meet with alumni, have like I a know. informal, you know, everybody sits around and coaches talk and answer questions and
2: okay. Um,
1: just a way to, you know, outreach for the the fan base that lives out of town.
2: PR turn.
1: Yeah.
2: There you go. And, and
0: of course I got to give a shout out. Ryan Geis pumping the uh, this, this 30th, right? The grand yeah. launch of of one won't be ready for,
1: won't be ready in cans yet, but they'll have it all day on tap. Okay, at Ryan Geist.
0: Okay, which which also is exciting because I mentioned Taylor Swift in Chicago. That's the same day Taylor Swift is in Cincinnati. Yeah, good little That'll, pregame stop.
1: That'll I'm supposed a... to be there all day. <laughs> okay. My daughter doesn't have tickets for the thirtieth, but she wants to to go and sit outside and listen and listen. Yeah,
0: okay, maybe maybe swing by Ryan guys before you head over there.
1: I would like to. That's you know that's in the plans, but make I make it more enduring.
0: You know, handle it a little bit. But yeah, good a uh, good recharge week, Ryan. Good good recharge weekend for myself yep. as well. Also, a great pl- place to maybe go recharge your battery if uh, it does die. <laughs> And you get other things checked on in your car, would be over at uh, Danco Transmission. I don't care. I'm sure that Danco Joe can hook you up with whatever situation you might have. Uh, you know, just just head over to Danco Joe. Tell them, uh, you know, Ryan Roder sent you. Aaron Vacation Smith sent you. Chatty B sent you. Tell them, uh, tell them a little BVP get ten dollars off your next fixing. Oh, oil change, ten percent off your next fixing. Danco transmission and auto care. Love you, Danco. Oh, yeah. But uh, this weekend, man. Uh, so, huge weekend. There you, go.
3: there you go.
0: Lay down. Lay down. Chad says. I will not lay down when it comes to football recruiting and the big visit that happened this past week. And the first of back to back, it seems like, pretty big official weekends um, that is happening for the class of 2024 this past week. You had Samaj Jones, Quiet Birdsong, Khalil House, Quan Sanks, Kale Whitburn, Saravian Gravy Johnson, Devin Gravy
1: Jones.
0: Johnson, yes, Garrison no. Butler, Red Morgan, Redarius Morgan. Oh, no, sorry, yeah, Elijah K. Sorry, McCravius, some more. Simeon Coleman, and Monte Whedon. So A a loaded visit and one that came away with a commitment. We're going to touch on the commitment first and foremost. That is right. Willie Goodwin, athlete from Georgia yet again. Rayburn County, Wildcats, multi-sport athlete. Plays both sides of the ball in in football. Also returns kickoffs. Big-time player. Received an 88 rating from 247. Only Gavin Grover and Quay Birdsong are higher with 89. kill Woodburn joins Goodwin with 88. Chad, it seems like a pretty big commitment out of the athlete Willie Goodwin.
1: Yeah, this is the type of dude that that they're looking to go into the South and get. Maybe a little, maybe a little underrated when you get on him. You know, not rated yet when he committed. And then people go look at the tape and go, whoo, speed, yeah. can hit. Can, can play in space, can cover, um, you know, this is this is the type of guy that, that if you're going to go into the South, this is the type of guy that you're trying to get and bring back with you, so uh, definitely a good start to the official visit weekend news, and if you follow along the recruiting guys, it, it sounds like the signal is four. That they that we should be looking at as a total number of uh, good news situations coming out of this weekend. So there were there were nine commits, I believe, was the number that were here, and then there were six uncommitted guys. So if you got four new commits, then uh, you got you hit a, a pretty good percentage.
0: Okay, um, you know, and and I, I want to touch a little bit more. On Willie Goodwin uh Ryan the a couple things about Goodwin I want to see your your thoughts on it first off multi-sport athlete coach Fickle loved more th- multi-sport athletes he he's not runs track <laughs> could can he hear me runs yeah he hear me. runs track plays plays basketball had averaged a double double this past season had, had one week where he was averaging like 20 and 14 uh on the basketball team uh also, you, you know one of one of the anchors on the four by four relay, um, and a high jumper as well. And then, of course, you you mentioned the fact that he plays wide receiver as well as defensive back on the football field. So, two part question, Ryan: two sport athlete, the importance and the the value behind that, and then second off, when your defensive back is playing wide receiver as well, how does that translate at the next
2: level? Yeah, two sport athletes, great. Uh, just shows the versatility, shows the movement capability. Um, he's not like one dimensional, um, even though he's kind of showing that he's not already by playing wide receiver and cornerback. They're they're very different, but they do knowing one does help the other because uh, you can pick up on different techniques, different um, different route techniques when you're playing corner. You can pick up on wide receivers, different. Um, off the off the line moves and stuff like that is huge. Just kind of being able to know what you do in that situation and know what guys like to do, um, it's huge. I mean, being able to play both means you're super dynamic, you're super athletic, uh, you're explosive, and that's what you're seeing while out of him on the basketball court. It's translating there, and then you you know you got to love track. Track guys is if they if they can stick their nose in there and hit track guys are. Are great for football because speed kills, man. You can't coach speed, so I really like what I see out of this guy. He's got every every gift that you'd want out of out of a recruit, and every tool in the toolbox um, that you can kind of judge at this point. So just getting him on campus and getting him getting the pads on him and seeing what he can do and at uh, at Cincinnati, that's when you really really see what kind of potential we'll have. But I'm super excited about him. Yeah, and yet again, another
0: recruit coming out of the uh, talent-rich state of Georgia, 10th um, commit of the 2024 class. You know, it, and, and Chad, I and I know on the on the football side of things, I don't know if comparisons are great, but, you know, just the type of versatility that he's shown, the ability to kind of come up and, and really lay the boom if he needs to from the safety-slash-cornerback position. I mean, he's listed at 6'2", 180 on uh, 247, um, just, just his ability to do so many different things and be the athlete, kind of that, that role that they, that the staff has Deshaun Pace in, where, you know, they kind of switch over to Taj Ford potentially on, uh, on passing downs. It kind of all made me feel that type of way when I was taking a further look at, um, uh, Willie Goodwin. So I, I, I don't know if you saw any of that, but kind of just seems like it's a, it's a guy that could make a huge impact. Um, with already having the ability athletically and, and ferocity that he has right now.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I'm trying to see if I can fix the chat. Um, I'm I think Aaron probably turned it off when we had Tyler on.
0: Yeah. Would be my guess.
1: Um, and I'm trying to get it back on. So if you two guys could talk for a second, this is, this is why you hire a producer and, and think he's going to be here when you do shows.
0: <laughs> You're good. If anybody's it's here, radical.
1: post something in the chat so that I can see
0: if it pops up. Uh, Ryan, these official visit weekends when they were coming up for, you know, when you were a player, did the staff place any importance into that to the players to the current team was it kind of like a guys I need you around I need you kind of locked in you have got a big visitor weekend coming up
2: yeah it was it was centered more around the guys that had recruits um, but it was always like we want your guys feedback we want you to meet these guys we want to know what you think about them if they'd fit it was kind of like the final vetting process and guys that like we were sure about like guys the players players liked liked with kind of like the the vibe they brought um just making sure we show them the best time and show them what the brotherhood was like and give them, just giving them a, a, a night to remember you know meeting people getting a feel for the for the campus for the city and then you know kind of just having some fun too at the end of it and you know we always tried to do that because you know we're gonna lie to you like that's that's a big part of official visits is getting to go and hang out with the college kids and and see what it's going to be like um and so we it was always so fun because it's always just like young guys they're they're shy they're awkward but you can kind of you can get them out of their shell a little bit and see what see what kind of see what kind of talent we got coming in so it was it was always a fun weekend. There was always a buzz on the team that we always had had plans had things to do, so it was always a lot of fun and it was good just to get to like vet the guys and most of the time we never i don't I can't remember ever meeting a guy that was like a shithead or anything. so you know the coaches back then did a good job of filtering them out before they got to us you know i i I love um, yeah I can see stuff, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I can see those as well. So uh, one thing that I loved is, is seeing on, on Saturday night, the 10.27 p.m. commitment by one Willie Goodwin. So that was, uh, that was awesome. A little late night surprise on a Saturday night. Um, had to love it. But, you know, 88 rating from 247. That's a really high rating. It's a high, high three star. Um, so now we obviously got to see whatever what else comes out. But uh, also... Jaquan Kwan Sanks picked up a crystal ball over the weekend. Uh, there's a tweet from uh, Marquavius Quavo Sabor saying that, uh, you know, 12 noon tomorrow with with the IMOG. So, you know, obviously it was a big weekend coming that just came in. And one that, you know, hopefully if you are following all the tea leaves and all the, you know, cryptic tweets, if you will, from, from the recruiting staff that uh, – it's going to prove to be pretty, uh, pretty valuable. And the outcome's going to be pretty strong as well. So the, the oven Chad, is, are, are you retiring the oven or is that kind of, uh, got to figure it's out a mold for right now, <laughs> got to figure out a new way to do the cookie monster. Well, like
1: the way that, the way that they do things now, they kind of signal like when a kid tells the staff, which that right. could be like three weeks before they make an announcement You can't cook cookies for three weeks in the oven. Like that's, that's not how the oven and cookies work. So I'm, you know, I'm in the lab. I'm kind of crafting maybe what's next, how we're going to, how we're going to handle it with, uh, with the new, the the, the new way of doing things, because generally with the old staff, it was like 30 minutes before the announcement, right. You know, it was, it was go time. And by the time you heat up the oven and cook the cookies, then you take them out of the oven and you got to let them cool for a minute.
0: Cookie monster. Then ready. it's go oh, yeah. time. Yeah. And then you're ready.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's that hasn't been uh, the process yeah. here of I, late. So I, we're recalibrating.
0: I had my buddy put my face on different gifts of milk, people with milk. <laughs> and now it just can't even tweak that anymore. They're just saving no. the archives. and. It's, maybe one it, day know, if I'm really craving some tasty milk, maybe I'll, uh, I'll, the, I'll throw the, it out there randomly, but
1: times change, right? Times, times, times change. And you gotta, you gotta adjust with the times and, uh, you know, the, the, the cookies, the cookie monster's not dead. Okay. But we gotta, we gotta recalibrate. I just yeah. don't want them having burnt cookies. Like nobody likes burnt cookies.
0: So there's no such thing as like slow and low when it comes to bacon cookies.
1: No, you can't. No, and actually, the last two times I've made cookies, I've just forgot about them, and they've gone an extra like ten minutes. And then you know I'm in my office, and you get the whiff of the cookie and the instant regret of like,
0: "Ah, son of a bitch. (laughs) That is one burnt cookie. You you need them like like. Aaron after a couple days on vacation down there in Florida. Right. Nice and little little tan, right, Royer? Little little Dave Portnoy action there. But you know. A little kiss
2: of the golden cookie. Oof, oof, oof.
0: Nothing better. Nothing better. But yeah, seems like it's gonna be a pretty uh successful weekend, obviously. That's what those official visits and then another one hopefully. coming up,
1: another official yep. visit weekend coming up this weekend. So
0: looks like uh the, the ones that have been tracked down that will be In-town visiting uh, commits Jake Wheelock, Takari Anderson, Gavin Grover, and Daniel James. And then uh, running back Jason Patterson out of Florida. He's uncommitted, just visited Rutgers. Looks like a final four of Rutgers, UC, Vandy, and Boston College. So, uh, yeah, I mean, another back-to-back huge weekend. I'm sure there's going to be more names added to that list as the week goes on. And then, of course, the full list posted on BCJ. As always, but uh, yeah, it's it's that time in in Florida where people go on vacation, and that time in the Queen City where people go for official visits. So, um, big tip of the cap to the staff. Obviously, they were all over it. So many tweets of excitement and everything beyond that. The, so
1: the the rumors of the Bearcats recruiting demise have been greatly exaggerated. Let's just say that.
0: Have they been, been proved incorrectly so far? I mean, it just seems as if we can lay greatly those
1: exaggerated is what I'm gonna say.
0: There we go. There we go. Um, so obviously, stay locked into BCJ. More and more info in regards to that. Uh, but anything else on, on the recruiting front for the uh, football side, Chad or not a not Roy? really
1: much else at this point in time. Just the the official visit. Mania that goes on at this point, which is also just as important because you, you're having your committed guys yeah, come in and you right. need to make it like uh, some of these guys are taking other visits and you need to make sure yeah, you, you've got your eye on things and you know exactly where you stand and, and you're putting your best foot forward and you're keeping your own guys committed because look, this is a different level of recruiting, this yeah. is not, you know, recruiting to the AAC where you're the top dog. Mm-hmm. They're going to be just as many dogs out there, just as hungry as you are trying to get the same guys. Yep. So it, you have to nail the visit, not only for your guys that you want to commit, but for the guys that you have committed. And and by all accounts, uh, it was a good weekend on that front
0: too. So Yep. there we go. Big time, big time. Um, as far as the current team goes, uh, Obviously, the, the fun thing to track these days is, is when the current players post pictures of them working out. Uh, I mean, Jordan Young looks like an absolute animal uh, from what he has been posting on Twitter. Um, aside from that, Malik Van looks, looks jacked and ready. Your boy Dante Corleone looks pumped and ready. Uh, the Godfather is always locked in. Um, Ryan, anything you've been hearing Amongst the squad, your current boys still on the team. It, it it looks as if the pieces are starting to come together.
2: Yeah, that's the word on the team. Is the team's gaining confidence, gaining some swagger, kind of finding their identity. Um, the wide receiver room is just continuing to take it to the to another level. I think that's huge in nowadays college game. Um, Xavier Henderson is the real deal. He's uh, impressing on all on all fronts. And the room's just getting deeper. And it's what it's starting to sound like is it's just kind of like, what can we get out of our O-line? What can we get out of Emory? And I think those go hand in hand. I think if the O-line struggles, Emery's going to struggle. If the O-line plays well, it's just going to give Emory the best opportunity to be the type of dynamic threat that he is. So we, no surprise on the defense. The defense is solid. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully they stay that way once the season rolls around. But starting to look like the offense is kind of starting to pick it up a little bit you had some i, I mean you were part of some really good uh,
0: like program defining seasons on the team was there moments in the summer where you started to be like okay this seems a little different like okay we're starting to gel a little bit or did that come kind of at, at higher ground or, or was it kind of a trickling effect thing
2: we felt really good after our 2018 spring because we worked our asses off And that's when we kind of like, wait, we kind of have a good team. We got a good scheme. We got a good philosophy. We got a good culture. Um, And that really came to fruition when we beat UCLA. When that happened, I was like, all right, like that was real. Like that that confidence we had was real. And I think the ball just never stopped rolling every year after that. Like just the confidence grew, the talent grew, the intelligence, the playmaking – the defense from what i knew i didn't know the offense but just more sophisticated more intense it was just every year building up but it's it is hard to tell initially especially on the offensive side of the ball because it's hard for them to get their scheme in and get it kind of churning on the the way they want it to whereas the defense will kind of just will slap the offense around a lot and it kind of, you know, raises some eyebrows uh, for a little bit, but then you kind of just got to remember that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, Offense, I mean, it's all about momentum. It's all about confidence and and just sometimes play calling too. And that all is kind of one total like conjoined thing. They all depend on each other. So that's why you just see an offense just really – just get better and better as the year goes on, as long as everything's kind of clicking the way it should. Are, are we, you know, Chad, you and Dave kind of touched on this in the BCJ
0: pod, but we mentioned it here on the BBP as well. The whole movement of four and a half wins over under to five and a half wins over under. I mean, the more that you keep looking about it and thinking about it, and I know that I'm, you know, the, the optimist of the group, but eternal optimist, of the eternal group. optimist if you will, uh, <laughs> You know, the more you look at it, the, the schedule is probably the easiest schedule of the Big 12. Um,
1: well, like I said, if you if you said craft up the most UC-friendly schedule you could come up with, right? this is what it would have looked like. Like, I don't even know that there's an argument that you could have made it easier. You're missing right. the top four teams from last year. You're getting the teams you want at home. You're getting the teams you want on the road. Like, you're right. getting them... we did the the West Virginia uh, preview a little bit last week with with Chris Anderson from Air Sports. They might not have a coach. Right. Like, the odds are they probably won't have a coach. Yeah. By that point in the season. Like, everything kind of is exactly – now, that doesn't account for, okay, we thought this team was going to be down and they're not. Right. Or, you know, this team hit on two or three guys in the transfer portal – that we're kind of seen as mid-level guys, but they're instead, they're difference makers. That's not accounting for all of that. Yeah. But that is saying, looking at the best possible case scenario for what this schedule could have looked like. Right. This is it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, and, and aside from that, it's, you know, sure. A lot changes when players go to college and whatnot, but Emory Jones was extremely highly rated out of high school. He, he's had some very strong parts throughout his college career. Also, has had some tough parts throughout his college career, um, be it by his doing or by the just the atmosphere that he was in, talking about kind of Arizona State this past season. I, then you look at running back. He had one of the high, most highly coveted running backs in his class, in Corey Kiner, who's now obviously entrenched there, trying to, to make a name for himself as Bearcat, and, and a couple of other really strong players. Ryan just touched on the – the studs that are now starting to matriculate inside of the wide receiver room, you know, Xavier Henderson, obviously boosts that up a huge amount. And then you look at D Wiggins, if healthy, he's going to have a big time season. You've got all these different names that are ready to make an impact at, at tight end, You've got a a guy who we were oogling over numerous times last season that, that, you know, Brady was loving every single workout posting, how fast he was on the football field. And then of course defensively you've got a preseason all-American right in the middle at nose tackle. You've got some some high-level edge rushers. I what two of the top 10 edge rushers according to PFF, you know, really? now currently on the team and, and and a name in Justin Watley where we've got we've not really mentioned him too much and he also seems to be playing he was playing a little hurt at times last season as well. He seems to be fully healthy throughout this offseason and and you mentioned the defensive backfield and a player playmaker like Sean Pace, and then all of a sudden you go to Putter, another All American, preseason All American. I it, it just I, are are we undervaluing the team? Obviously, there's a lot of moving pieces. Ryan touched on the offensive line and how important that will be to really hone in and and lock down the importance there. But I mean, Ryan, is it is it possible that we're we're kind of undervaluing the potential of this team next year?
2: Yeah, that's I think what you and I were kind of hitting on with that four and a half thing. Um, yeah, I think, and it, there's a lot of chaos when a new coach comes. It coach leaves, new coach comes in. It kind of takes right. time for everything to settle. Transfers transfer out, guys come in. It takes time to kind of feel out who we have, what these transfers are like. And I think we kind of like top heavied uh, back. I mean, however you want to put it, like the bottom, the back end of it. I think we kind of got more and more pieces that were seem to be of more value for us and are going to help us um and I think the team is just getting used to the change is kind of like the vibe I'm getting from the guys and the new system the new way things kind of operate uh I think it's just building confidence but I do agree with Chad on how the, we could have a good team and like we could be a better team than we thought we we're going to have but I mean, right. there's so many of these games that are just going to come down to like A couple plays and it's just gonna be we could be eight and four or we could be four and eight we could be like nine and three we could be five and seven it's just like there's so many games that because we don't have that like we don't really know what we're gonna get we don't have like a luke fickle like five-year culmination program or everything's run like churning so there's gonna be some games where like we might lose that we should have that um that we should have won because we we're not, we just are making mistakes that we just don't normally make over the past five years. And there's going to be some games we might squeak out. So it's still, I think this team's coming together. I'm, I'm more confident. I'm excited. I'm, I got, I'm keeping the faith in in Saddy Daddy and the boys. So, but we, I, I still, I love how Chad put it. Like there's a lot of games here that are, going to be a coin flip.
1: And we just don't know. Like, and, and the other thing that's important, Ryan, I think, that we haven't really talked about yet is how is this staff at getting improvement throughout the season and, and getting a team that is, is going to, just by nature, by how many new guys are there, how many guys haven't played next to each other on both sides of the ball where you see a mistake or two that's made early in the season and those mistakes don't happen as the season goes on, like how much of that is there? Like what is that level that we're going to see from this roster to kind of take, you know, if if they start out, I'm not even looking at the schedule, but, but they start out three and three or three and four. Yeah, Is there the coaching to go into that second half of the season and finish strong and get to, Six wins, seven wins, eight wins, or do they fade? Um, you know that's one of those things, Ryan. You don't know what the guy next to you is made of until you're out there in the fire, right? And these guys, that's one of the things that that like Marcus's defenses, everybody knew it was it was a fully functional machine. There, there wasn't the, the tires were perfect perfectly pumped the spark plugs were calibrated properly the, the wheel was aligned like everything fit and everything worked in unison and how long does it take to get there or can they get there like that's yeah. the main thing for me like as I start to think about this thing
2: they were fresh off a danco Joe uh trip
1: yeah. Right, they got they, the alignment was done. The brakes were the yeah the the brakes and the pads. The rotors were changed. I see like, only the
2: right? Only the best from from the Danco. Hey, right? <laughs> no, you're you're so right. Uh, adjustments in scheme is huge. Adjustments in player development is huge. I think that's something that like we were constantly evolving our defense, constantly seeking ways to improve it, and that was a big like Coach Fickle fingerprint and we were so big like same thing with development coach Vic was just on everyone's ass every freaking day of every week especially the bye weeks so that is it's crucial um it's something we can't look over and something that coach Satterfield and his staff are gonna have to keep emphasizing so we're we that's critical and you know I I really hope they continue the pace that Fickle and the boys left off on.
1: Danco Joe in the chat.
0: <laughs> Danco great, Nation, baby. Great segue, Ryan. There we go. I, it
1: it just like a lot of it too is like how does how does the the new guy you're next to react when something goes wrong?
2: Yeah. What is the reaction,
1: culture? hey, what's the, what it? It's the, is the reaction pointing fingers like you screwed up, or is the reaction, hey, how do we get on the same page? where 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 was the the glitch in the matrix like okay let's fix it or is it you know bro you gotta you gotta be in your spot like that's not how you fix things Mm -hmm. You, you fix things by communication and saying look all right let's work through this let's work through that and we're on the same page now let's go
2: yeah and that was built um that's built in the weight room and i have a lot of faith in coach nico you know we talked to him a couple times and his pedigree i mean I'm hardly leaning towards that. The culture is going to be there, and there's going to be guys that are tight knit, dependent on one another, dependent upon one another, confident and competitive, um, and just hoping that the coaches continue building that culture in a football setting. Because it, you know, it's not a direct transfer over. It's something that the coaches have to be hand in hand with Coach Nico. And they got to transition that onto the field and transition that into when shit hits the fan in first half, first drive, or you go down, you got to score to tie the game and shit like that. Uh, Or someone misses an assignment. Can someone be there to fix it? Or or are they going to go back to the sideline and get it corrected without screaming at each other? So that took time for, for the teams I was on. It's not an instant fix, but you, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's important. Um, And it's something that's, constantly built it's it's well because the, what's the ripple effect
1: But what's the ripple effect if one guy starts being like hey you screwed up and and maybe that was the case maybe maybe you know if it's, it's somebody talking to you you missed an assignment but if the guy comes at you and he's an asshole about it then the the chemistry the the way that things are fixed is broken
2: Oh, it's an avalanche and, sometimes. Right, but if guys <laughs> if are on you, the same
1: page that they want to improve and you get over to the sideline and you're with your position coach and it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, that's my bad, bro. i like, okay, okay, yeah. let's do this. Then it it yeah. permeates. The culture is different.
2: Yeah. I mean, the, football, is it, it's a very intense, violent sport. It brings out insane emotions. So you need guys that may not be um, directly – involved but they everyone has the respect of one another where if someone steps in to kind of like check you like you you need to be able to be checked and kind of check yourself and and figure figure shit out um
1: and, and what does that trust lead to it leads to what we saw in the Houston game for the AAC championship where the defense was trashed the first two drives. Yeah and what happened we've talked about this many a times Kobe called the entire defense oh yeah and read the riot act and said, yes. this isn't, th- like, th- this isn't who we are. This is bullshit. <clears throat> everybody wake up <clears throat> and let's let's get cracking. And what happened after that? Houston didn't do shit after that mm-hmm. the rest of the game.
0: They got to cracking. That's what shit. happened. But,
1: but that was that was years of equity built up by Kobe because everybody knew Kobe was about the right things.
0: Yeah. And Blanco turned into a maniac. <laughs> that was a... Brian Insane interception. <laughs> Insane, <laughs> and interception. a
2: couple screws loose. Yeah,
0: but I, you know, I, what's the That's one why position? He is
2: no longer in the XFL and in the USFL.
0: Wiggins took his spot in the USFL. That was a pretty good game by uh, James Wiggins. That little one-handed interception. Yeah. But um, what's the one position group? I think where at least visually to the fan is very obvious when maybe some some there's some breakdown or something. It seems like probably the defensive backfield. And that that's probably one of the positions that's more the most turned over at this point and one where during your time on the team, Ryan, there was that continuity year in and year out. You know, one, two, three, sometimes four returning players between the safeties and the cornerbacks that were getting the heavy playing time. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you guys are saying. If if a misassignment happens and all of a sudden a long touchdown comes, what's the reaction on the sideline? Is it all right? Let's go ahead and we'll we'll get them on the next one, or is it frustration brewing? This that and the other. So I agree. A lot of leadership needs to be shown. So who's going to step up and handle that? I will be interesting to see because obviously their coaches can't patrol everything. Um, how does Not Nico compare?
2: Player led. What's that, right? Your best teams are player led, not coach led. Amen. Amen.
0: Um, Ryan, you might know this one. I how, how does Nico compare to Brady? Seems like a great hire. I think he's a phenomenal hire. But yeah. how how would you say that? What
2: you've heard, just compare, compare, contrast, if you will, what the boys um, have said. He's the intensity is very similar to Brady. A little bit of di- a little bit of different twists on the programs on the. It's hard because you know Brady, Brady's program and the way Brady you know took care of us and treated us. It evolved as the team evolved. Yeah. So when Brady first got there, it was balls to the wall, like mf umf or all all like get your get your shit going all the time. Like it, it was like there was no foot always on on the gas nonstop. Right. Um, because that's how you 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 gotta culture shock people to get a good culture. You got to just like throw them out into the water. Um Yeah. And once he kind of like coach Brady tapers off as the culture starts to take over, leaders start to take over. He comes down and we, and like the guys start taking over. And by, by my fifth year, I mean, it was just like, I was literally talking to Danny Felina on the phone this weekend and we were just like, we were crazy. Like we would get on the, <laughs> the leg press And we would, we would just start smacking each other in the face. We would, we would ask to be smacked guys would just smack the shit out of you. Any (laughs) on leg press bench. It was like, it was, it was a mad was It it was controlled madness and it was good. And it was amazing. And what I kind of see that happen with Nico, like Nico comes in, he kind of, he's about his business. He's got a really good program. It's hard. It kind of shocks people back into like, "Hey, this is some new shit," but it's my shit, and I'm gonna take care of you guys and get you guys going. Um, kind of like how Brady was, and I think those similarities are very strong. And I think he comes from the tree. Um, I've heard nothing but good things. When we had him on here, I could just feel his energy. I oh, thought yeah. he was—he's uh, as legit as you can be. But, um, and I wouldn't—I, you know, I wouldn't really know his true comparison unless I got down there and got a. Got a, got a little. Might uh, be time to head down to the, the dungeon. dungeon. I know, yeah, I know. Get but a quick feel it. He's everything. He's everything you'd want him to be, like Brady was. But I think he has his own little twist on things, and that's good. You know, you don't want clones. You want guys who believe in yeah. themselves, believe in their own material. Uh, I think that's what he does. And he's Italian, so I might have to give him a little little edge.
0: And hopefully, <laughs> we bring that man back on the BBP here soon. Gotta love oh, yeah, Nico. I know. Big time guy, but uh, you know, speaking of new shit, as you were saying, Ryan. Yeah. Um, let's. It's, it's time to address the uh, the rumors that are circulating on the uh, interweb. Um, Chad, I'm just gonna literally pass the ball to you, if you will, go from quarterback to wide receiver, if you will. Um, pass intended for Chad Brendel is completed. Quarterback to wide receiver. Chad, address yeah. these, these rumors <laughs> of, of one Evan Prater.
1: So what's happening right now, right now, is that Evan can't throw. He's he's got a shoulder injury. Uh he was dinged up during <clears throat> the end of last season. He tried to, to fight through it. It was still nagging in the spring, so they shut him down for the spring. Um, he is still letting that heal, so he is not throwing this summer so in an attempt to get some work in he's been and they're in be clear like the the cycles they're in summer workouts right now which ryan you can explain this a little better than me but it's basically position groups and shells and kind of working on air right like what does summer workouts entail
2: yeah it's it's F- film with coaches coaches kind of set up drills that the players the leaders in the room kind of take care of and do after the lifts um we're in what are we in June so we're going to start getting closer to um to OTAs and that's when the coaches can be there um but yeah it's really it's just like get your lift in and then get like 15 20 minutes of of uh position work a couple times a week and then 30 yeah. minutes of film a couple times a week so I, what unique. I want
1: people to understand is this is not like Evan Prater has moved to wide receiver. Might that happen? It might. It, it kinda, we'll see what, what develops from this. But I think what this is is really smart because if he's not able to get the work in a quarterback, you still want the kid, if he if he can physically go out and run routes and kind of learn that type of thing, why not have him do that? Why not have him just kind of run an experiment that says, you know, is this something that we can store in our back pocket if we need later down the road? If he goes out there and he looks incredible, like, okay, well, damn, we just hit on something. If he goes out there and he looks terrible, like, okay, well then, you know, we're probably going to just shelve that and, and not worry about it too much. So it's not like, it's not Evan Prater's switch positions. It's not, he's running with the ones or twos. Again, Ryan, you can help me out with this. There's no ones or twos in summer workouts. It's just guys getting working.
2: Yeah. I guys have an idea where they're at, but like if you want to practice sure. and you saw who's out on the field with who you can't give that a lot of weight, um, there's so, a lot of times like walk-ons would be going in with the ones and God right. knows we weren't starting. So <laughs> it's just how it is. I, I
1: just want people like people have, of course, when a, when a, a rumor like this hits, everybody takes it and everybody's hearing 30 different things. And the, the game of phone, the uh, telephone, you know, starts spreading things like wildfire so I've I've been making calls on this over the past couple of days just to get a better understanding, and that's my understanding is it's it's a situation where he's not able to practice at quarterback right now as his shoulder heals, so he's out running some routes and and seeing what kind of uh, options are there at wide receiver because guess what, Scott Satterfield loves trick plays like yep. he loves kind of using the gadgets and turning the screws up on people and, and doing things a little bit out of the box. Yeah. And that's something is
0: an example of that. He was three for six last year, 106 yards in the touchdown.
1: Right. So like, if you have that in your, in your, uh, Rolodex and all of a sudden you bring Evan Prater on the field and the defense is reacting and nobody knows what's going on. And all of a sudden Evan Prater's got a 27 yard catch that, Picks up a first down or, you know, like whatever the case may be. Like, it's worth it at this point in time to find out. Like, let's see, is this, because he's one of the best athletes on the team. Right. So why not try to do everything possible to find out, let's see what we got. Right. And maybe there's a future for him at wide receiver. The thing is right now, we have no idea. Like Ryan said, he's doing like 20 minutes, three times a week. Running rounds like this is not some like drastic change that is impacting practice every day, right? Kind of as it's been touted. That's 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 not what's happening. Um, uh, but is he getting a look? Are they seeing if it's something that might be um at least in the deck? Like might be a card, you slide into the deck and you start shuffling the deck. Yeah, and I, I think it's just it's it's doing your due diligence, it's good program management to to kind of find out exactly what you're holding
0: on to. Yeah. And you know, you kind of I think also it say it does work out. It it doesn't completely eliminate him from being the backup quarterback or or, or no. also being in the quarterback room as well. You know, it's not like if you if you all of a sudden are getting refs at wide receiver, you are no longer at the position you were at before. So um it's a it's interesting. And you know what if it works out needs He's a stud out there because he is a fantastic athlete, and that'd be awesome. But uh, you know, judging off of what of what everything has been said right now, I I think it'll just be one of those. Hey, if it, if something pops, it pops, and if not, then obviously it'll be the same type of uh, situation we were heading into this fun rumor mill off season section of Coach Satterfield year one. So. But, you know, it's intriguing talking about position changes, which is what I just want to quickly ask you guys a quick question. What has been your favorite or possibly the best position change in Cincinnati football, recent Cincinnati football history? My uh, depth of knowledge in the very early, early years of of Bearcat football isn't too strong. So just recent football position changes. Uh, What kind of sticks out as some that worked out? for you guys
1: well there are two that are obvious right okay they're two of the greatest players in the nfl they're going to be first ballot hall of famers they did not come into cincinnati playing center and tight end right jason kelsey came in as a linebacker travis kelsey came in as a quarterback so uh those two are easy i think jason was more impactful in college Mm -hmm. than travis um, not that Travis didn't have, you know, a really good senior year, but he didn't have the overall like long-term impact that Jason had my choice. My choice is a little different, but I'll let you guys go first. I'll wait.
2: Okay. All right. So my easy one was Jason. Um, the one that I don't think a lot of people know about was Ryan Royer was a running back in high school. Oh, wow. Changed- actually,
0: I actually when when we first interviewed you. I've mentioned that in the, uh, intro, he your, Young yeah. he the that. in your did. You running back
2: in the high school, right? And you were like, dang, you did your homework, bro. But he changed to um, Wedge Buster on the okay. pump block and wow. um, fullback on KOR. What? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but I, a guy in my era I think are probably the most prominent that panned out the best would probably be Brian Wright, changing from DN to middle linebacker. Started for us for two years. Really good production, had NFL capability, but he was kind of one of those guys who got stuck in that COVID offseason um, where he kind of didn't get a lot of exposure. Um, the guy that I thought had a better – like could have got a better chance and maybe could be playing in some sort of league right now. But that's kind of like my – I know you could – I'm trying to stick to my era, but I had yeah. to throw a I, Look, a lot yeah. of people
1: thought there's no way B. Wright is going to be able to play – Go from. Defensive end to middle linebacker. He did. Like, that's not a switch you see very often, right? Like, no. You know, it, it, it's just not, it's not, it, you're generally, if you have the athleticism to play middle linebacker, you're generally not playing defensive end. Like, but could you have imagined if, if we just show, and actually, I think this was talked about at one point in time. Could you imagine if we showed up and Maijay was just at middle linebacker one day?
2: <laughs> it'd be nuts I, know, I know after it
1: worked with B right I know there was some conversation that like maybe they should look and see if if Maje, it was something Maje could do but he was much better you know playing off the edge with his speed and quickness um but yeah I B right was a good one because that that it didn't feel like that was supposed to work. But B. Wright was a really smart dude, especially like football smarts. B. Wright was off the charts Um, and he was kind of a natural at it. And I think he craved that spotlight. Right. Royer, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. B. Wright wanted to have people look down and see like this is the dude that's running the show from the middle of the defense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Brian was like, he, he was a loud guy. He was a, he was had a very commanding, commanding like aura. And, you know, he wanted that. He wanted to make plays. He believed in himself. He had a confidence and he was really gifted and they slimmed him down. Yeah, uh, He was just so much power, so much strength, and he could move quick and he could block defeat. he had that uh, pass rushing ability by playing D N um, he, it, it was, you know, it was kind of a gamble, but, you know, he ended up having all the right tools and I think he, he enjoyed the kind right of being tools. At
1: that's... I see what you did there. What do you the mean? Brian right tools.
2: Oh shit. You can't even tell me I claimed that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, and he, he wanted to make plays. He loved kind of just being able to take control of the defense. He did a really good job at it.
0: Chad, go ahead and and, and tell uh, tell the no, give us yours. I want yours. Been on. I, you know, I I like I I kind of mentioned both of the Kelseys earlier, and I also you know, kind of uh, tossed out the other one that you're going to mention. So I I want you to uh, to throw it out, and I'm I'm digging deep in the archives to find uh, to find an interesting one that people might not think of.
1: I'm going Connor Barwin. Like that team going into uh, the, the orange bowl year, they, they didn't have a great edge presence really. And they needed somebody in that defense that was going to kind of be a little of, a uh, 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 create some havoc in that defense, especially, you know, you had D and Mickens and, uh, you had a really good secondary. So how do you help a good secondary become even better, You get a guy that is eventually going to spend 10 years coming off the edge in the NFL, and uh, for me, it's Connor Barwin. I mean, he just was phenomenal. He was such a natural at defensive end that you forget he was really good at tight end. He was an NFL prospect at tight end, and when that move happened, I remember a lot of people kind of being like, um, hey, man, like we're taking an NFL prospect at tight end. And putting him on the other side of the ball, like, what are we doing? Like, does this make a lot of sense? Like, we, we just lost Brett Selleck. You know, like, we're, we're, we're trying to make this move up in the college football world. He's going to be our number one tight end, and all of a sudden he's playing defense. But, man, he was so good at defensive end. He was just a menace. And his motor was relentless, and he just knew how to get after it. And for me, uh, that's that's my choice is the guy that like just seamlessly made that transition. OK, I didn't go Jason. Jason's probably the obvious answer. Yeah. I didn't go Jason because it's not like he played like he, he was the, the he'll tell you walk you on the new heights. He was the he was the scout team player of the year on defense as a linebacker his first year. And then the rest of the time, he was a damn good offensive lineman.
0: Yep. I got a couple, a uh, couple random ones. First off, shout out Will Huber. Um, obviously he uh, he transitioned over tight end to linebacker, and I think he ended up having a pretty pretty strong strong career. Uh, he did. Obviously Very a uh, undrafted free agent with the uh, Vikings right now. Um, your boy Craig Carey, Chad. Yeah. Another quarterback, oh, quarterback, to, to uh,
1: defensive end. You don't see that one often.
0: That's no, how it, bad
1: Craig was at quarterback.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, how about this blast from the past, Demetrius Jones? Oh, Do you remember boy. the uh, one didn't work out the the waves that he had coming in as a quarterback? Oh yeah, and he ended up at linebacker. Ended up at linebacker. That's just a he, he had an interception. It looks like uh, thirty six total tackles. His final season at linebacker for the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, position changes, they are what they are. They have hold some promise, hold some excitement. But in the end, it. Uh,
1: there's only one for worst, right? Only one, what? Worst ideas on position changes in the history of UC football? Like, there's only one, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's Ryan's boy.
1: I'll let, we'll let you, Alec. Have this one. Yeah, we'll <laughs> let
2: you have this one. Trying to Please. make Alec a sniper, man. Come on, Coach Freeman. You knew that was a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> Just a horrendous idea. Uh, but, yeah. <clears throat> Thankfully, Thankfully, that would never help. Yes.
0: <laughs> um, I did want to give one last shout-out to uh, Aaron Hemler, named the uh, Senior Associate oh, yeah. to lead sports medicine staff promoted from there to lead sports medicine staff um,
1: right we'll we'll there there is no better dude than aaron hemler oh
2: aaron's the best man he made like, any time i was dinged up just getting to go in there and chop up with aaron and michelle but aaron was he's so smart he's he's a really good communicator uh he knows what it's like to be an athlete um he's just a great man great family how much man how much does
1: that impact it because I get the sense, like, a lot of times players don't like their trainer, right? Because their trainer's trying to, like, in their mind, like, keep them off the field, you know, like, they're they're working against what the athlete wants. I got the sense from just being around, everybody loves and respects where Aaron is coming from because he's earned that respect.
2: Yeah, because he he was going to get you back on the field as soon as possible. And he wasn't going to let... Guys who, um, guys who were like trying to like play hurt, or, like like act like they are more hurt than they were that that shit wasn't flying with him. But he also was smart, like he wasn't just gonna like be like, oh, like suck it up, like just go back. Yeah, out you're there. fine. Get out there. He was, like, yeah, perfect balance.
3: Um, Resting
2: beard so on it. He's so funny. He's so fun to talk to, just to be around. Uh, and that's what you want. You want a guy who's going to like, cause it sucks to be injured. Like it's, you know, for athletes, like it, it hits athletes really hard and some, some take it like really, really, really hard. And he's just, you know, if you're, if you're injured, you don't want to be around like an asshole. You don't want to be around a gloomy kind of like hard nose, just kind of jackass. And Aaron is none of that. He's like I said, fun. He makes, he makes rehab fun just to be around him and, He's, like I said, really intelligent and does his absolute best to get his athletes on the field. And that's all you could want from someone in his position. We love him. Love him. Yeah, love Aaron. He, he was Miss great. Him, man. Kelsey,
1: Kelsey had um, a little bit of like a, a shoulder. You know, she was learning how to overhand serve and it kind of overworked it. And there was no like no structural or like actual damage. It was just kind of you know worn down and fatigue. So I just asked Aaron, like, hey, you know, what are some uh what are some stretches, what are some band exercises that we can we can get her to do? And he's like, you know, have her try this, have her try that, you know, gave us some great advice and within like two to three weeks the problem had it resolved itself. So uh doesn't even have to, you know, not even that hands on touch. He's just a dude that has been around it and done it for a long time and has a wealth of knowledge. And it is, uh, it is, you it, athlete athletics uh, benefits largely from Aaron Hemler
0: being uh, involved. There you go. Awesome.
1: Shout
2: well, out, Aaron, man. Good
0: word. Congratulations. Big time. Uh, well, I guess this is our, our time for our first time stamp. Uh, Quick Paper Supply,
1: up. your local and family owned restaurant supply company for all your non food products. They service over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom-printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. The also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick at 513-470-2029 and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There you go. Go see your Damn,
0: friends. Baby.
1: Our good <laughs> friends.
0: Supply. Big time, baby. Big time. Speaking where's, of big time, man. Aaron when you need him. What What's that?
1: So where's Aaron when you need him?
0: Aaron. Anyway. There we go.
1: Quick paper There's supply. Boom, baby. Got
0: it. Quick paper supply. QPS, baby. QPS. Well, speaking of uh big time, man. The movement continues uh this past week. Tyler McKinley, big time versatile big man for stretch inside out this that and the other the staff has been on him for quite a while he bids his commitment to the bearcats on thursday afternoon early evening uh chad you had him on the bcj nightcap quick interview with him and his brother seems like an awesome guy obviously someone that that we've talked about a bunch on the pod we talked a bunch on bcj Staff has been on him since the beginning. Um, now that the dust has settled, what's uh, what's your lasting feeling, lasting takeaway from the uh, big time commitment of twenty twenty four, Tyler McKinley?
1: I think just a guy that is is going to be a super super effective college player. Yeah, he's got good size. Um, he's skilled. He can shoot the three. He Can shoot the mid range. He can really pass. He has shown me a lot of growth as a defender when it comes to being able to to step out and defend more perimeter oriented forwards. Um, He's a guy that is super, super smart and is going to be able to assimilate himself into what you're trying to do uh, both on the offensive and defensive end. Um, uh, Incredible. Like, Gary Clark, Trey Scott level kid, right? In terms of who he is as a person, so um, you don't get those like they 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 don't grow on trees, if you will. Uh, so just finding someone that is a perfect culture fit for where this program is at, what they want to do, what they want to accomplish, like just uh, just a great overall fit and um you can especially in the big 12 man you got to have the size you got to have the length to compete in this league yeah. on a regular basis and tyler mckinley gives you those things and you get to keep a local kid home that xavier and ohio state wanted yeah and that's always yeah. a good thing
0: yeah we're going to touch on each each one of those comments but first i'm going to go on the gary clark mention. you know I, I obviously that's been kind of the uh player that a lot of fans have... Has, yeah, I have don't agree with to that. To. What's that?
1: I don't agree with that, but...
0: Right, right. But, uh, you know, uh, there's one thing that I saw, uh, you know, in the multitude of, of interviews and, and articles about the commitment, and uh, it was this quote right here that uh, McKinley said. He said, I just love to win. I don't have to score a lot. I'll do whatever to win, which yeah. that to me is Gary Clark. Um You know, it's it's whatever... Mick wanted out of Gary. Gary was going to do. I, you know, could could Gary have shot more threes the first couple seasons that he was on campus? Maybe. I mean, he wasn't
1: good at it yet. He probably could have shot sure. him, but yeah. he wasn't ready <laughs> to do it. <laughs> could have shot him,
0: and then found a seat next to to Coach Kerman. Right. But he wasn't um, ready
1: to do that yet. But he got there.
0: Yeah, it seemed like kind of just that part of the, you know, overall, just just wanting to do whatever it takes for the team to win. Kind of just having an effect on game in multiple ways, other than just scoring the basketball, um, that intangible side of of the game, I think, kind of fits with the Gary Clark comparison in my eyes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think they're I don't think they're similar players. And Gary was smaller, a little bit more uh, vertical of an athlete up yeah. until you know he had the ankle issue that kind of hampered that. But on his high school
0: tape, ooh. I'm
1: comparing what I saw of Gary in high school to what I saw in, of, of Tyler in high school, Tyler, probably a little bit more crafty, a better passer. Right. At this stage, uh, a better, like uh um, shooter, maybe. Yeah, definitely a better shooter at this right. age. I don't think that's really even like up for debate, but right. yeah. Gary, a little bit, a little bit more advanced on the glass
0: mm-hmm.
1: at an early phase, right? But that's not to say Tyler's not good at it. Yeah, it's just that Gary was way, way off the charts. Um, yeah, Gary was probably more aggressive as a scorer, but that's that's hard to say, right? And the reason that's hard to say is because what would Tyler's point production look like at Walnut Hills High School? Yeah which would be comparable to Gary playing at Clayton High School, you know, like, yep. how much different would Gary have looked like if he went to Word of God Academy or one of the the prep schools in North Carolina where you're playing with, you know, Tyler mentioned it to us uh, in that live nightcap, which you can find right here on this YouTube channel. Um, from Thursday, like, there's 13 high major players at Your Prep. Like it's 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 a it's apples to anchovies. Like yep. Gary scored 20, 20, 20, 19, 20, 21 points a game in high school because he was every night, like 99% of the nights, Gary Clark was the best player on the floor, his junior and senior year of high school. Where Tyler's junior year of high school, he was one of 15 high majors, like 13 high majors on the roster where everybody's gonna have their turn, yep. right? So that's hard to say that, like, Gary was more advanced offensively just because Gary had a lot more, Gary was asked to do a lot more offensively in high school and was asked to do so against opponents that weren't Sunrise Christian and yeah. IMG Academy and Oak Hill and, you know, like- it,
0: Compass different, Prep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Arizona Compass Prep. Like it's a, a different yeah. world that Tyler played in than what Gary played in.
0: Yeah, I I mean just adding on to that, the the uh top player in the state of Kentucky in the 2025 class, Jasper Johnson, Woo! just just announced he's transferring to Link. So Woo! it's uh
1: you want to talk about heat check central <laughs> and Cincinnati's recruiting Jasper Johnson pretty hard. I, I think he probably ends up at, at Kentucky, although who knows? What's gonna go happen. to Lake? Who knows? Yeah, Lexington. No, who knows that's is gonna happen in Lexington. Oh, yeah. Over the right. next year too. two. They got seven guys, eight guys on their roster right now.
0: I just took that think, old that old miss decommit. Yeah, they took six of them are freshmen. <laughs> they're uh, they're they're trying to get that the guy from uh from Indiana who decommitted from UCF, who's like yeah, solid but not amazing.
1: Right. So um yeah, uh Jasper Johnson's a I watched, I I saw him score 12 points in like 97 seconds in Memphis. It was three threes and an, and one, just like, what just, what just happened? Right. He's electric. Back Um, to Tyler McKinley. Sorry.
0: Now, now I want to touch on what you said about keeping local players home. Ryan, you kind of had this feel obviously during the, uh, the hometown hero movement when you were on the football team how much of an effect overall amongst the team i basketball's a lot different cuz it's you know way less players the the amount of high level you know available players is is a lot smaller than what football can do but just just the whole overall vibe of of keeping the top talent at home in the, in the state of cincinnati did, was that something that kind of caught on and, and, and was contagious during your time
2: there? Yeah, it was, and it was it was big because not only just in Cincinnati, but all of Ohio, it breeds, like, a specific type of football player. Tough, plays hard, physical, um, just intense, uh, and I think that's what you, that you want a team for, of those guys. You want a team who are proud to be wearing the CPOC, being from the area, being from the the state, maybe guys that maybe were looked down upon by other programs around and other programs within the state. So I think it was, it was big. And you had guys that were just familiar with, with the kind of the different kind of swagger that Cincinnati has guys that are familiar with the area and kind of just play for more than just themselves. And, you know, that's contagious. And that's something, th- those are guys you want to be around and, that's, a, that's the kind of guy – those are the kind of guys you want to build a te- team up on. And that was some the old staff did a good uh, good job of noticing the importance of. So, so now you
0: take that on the basketball side of things, Chad, and you, you saw numerous times McKinley mentioned the fact that Rayvon committed to Cincinnati. And, you know, then Rayvon goes to Arizona Cup as prep and then the whole coming home situation. And McKinley mentioned that, wanting to come home and, and play for the city I, I mean, how huge is it this early in in West Miller's tenure to lock down two big, big-time local talents, even after they left the city to, to, to go continue playing their high school careers?
1: Well, that part's important because it's it's easy once they get to a place like Arizona Compass Prep or Year or any of the other like ten or so like elite level prep programs, whatever you right. want to call them. Um, once, once you get out of the city, like, like, you know, anybody can, can throw their name in the ring and get involved and become a factor and, and, you know, make things uncomfortable for the hometown guys. Um, so that part obviously was important. What, what's also here's like the football, the football community in Cincinnati is is pretty small. The basketball community in Cincinnati is like you can fit it on the, a pinhead. Like everybody is deeply connected to everybody. And, and especially for guys like Ray and Tyler that these weren't like, these weren't guys that, that blew up late, that, that their, right. you know, their performance or whatever garnered them attention at the end of their junior year, into their senior year. Rayvon was playing with Bronny like as a, as a middle schooler. And and Tyler was a kid that is a, you know, a freshman, a rising sophomore was, was nationally ranked and catching people's eyes. So to be able to, for Wes to be able to make those inroads as fast as he did when he got to town. And I, I tweeted about this, like one of the first things, that he did when he got here was contact everybody he could find like with the question of one where's the what's the landscape of high school basketball in cincinnati
0: right
1: and two who are the two or three or whatever young kids that i need to make sure are at the top of my list and then as soon as they were allowed to go out on the road he went and saw Tyler and he went and saw Ray. And yep. something like that sticks with kids because he's a new coach. He doesn't have to do that. Like, what do new coaches do? By nature, they revert to their comfort zone, right? Like, they revert to this is what I know. This is what I'm comfortable with. I'm going to focus on that and then we'll spread out from there. And instead, Wes and his staff said, no, we have to get this right in the city. We have to find the right people to make the right connections so that when we have top 60, 70 kids in the city, they want to come to Cincinnati. And he went and got Ray and then built on that. And now he went and got Tyler. I don't know who really, like if we're looking down the road, I don't know.
0: Who's next.
1: Yet who's next. Right. Right. But it shows a commitment to this is important to us. Yeah. And I think that in, like I said, the basketball community is this big. Like, yeah. and I don't mean that as in the, like this big in terms of the number of people, it's the the connections that everybody is connected to one another because everybody's been in this basketball scene their whole life. So yeah. it's, it's very small and, yeah. you know, it's uh, you know, one of one of Rayvon's mentors, one of Tyler's mentors, is Yancey Gates's brother. Mm-hmm. Like, so you know, you just right everything overlaps. Yep. I was gonna make a bad joke about living in Kentucky, but I didn't. Okay. I held back.
0: Good job holding back. Good job. Good restraint. But uh, yeah. So I now you look at it, and and Tyler McKinley, he's got a ninety-seven thirty-two composite rating, uh, the seventh highest rated commit in Cincinnati program history in the two, four, seven sports era. Um, you know, you talked about raising the overall level of, of, you know, player on the, on the roster during his freshman season. There could be six of the top 24 recruits in the two, four, seven sports era. Three of the top eight will be on that roster. Um, obviously two of those being McKinley and Ravon. Uh, that's, that's called, Boosting the overall talent pool of a roster when you have seven potentially that are high level recruits, and then yeah, w- during the portal era, you're able to kind of pick and choose situations here and there. Um And then the fact also you you heard it's it's not quiet that McKinley's trying to tr- reach out to Jace Richardson and and obviously Floyd Badunga as well. But and you look at it, Jace Richardson would would be the Third highest rated recruit in program history if he were to eventually and choose the best. Flory would be the the number one.
1: Yeah. I do want to I want to address that briefly. Okay. I know there's a lot of hype around a certain school in Durham, North Carolina that has TV uh, can watch, yeah. jumped into the mix. Um do I think that they have given themselves a strong Chance to land the services of Flory Badunga, even though Badunga, Badunga, whatever potato, badunga. potato. Um, yeah, I think you know when Duke gets involved, you have to take it serious. I will also say, if, if if you know if you're going on what people think, people were certain at one time he was going to Cincinnati. People were certain at one time he was going to Purdue. People were certain very recently, and this didn't get as much play as it probably should have, people were certain that he was going to Auburn. Now people are certain that he's going to Duke. Now, does Duke hold more weight than anybody else that we've mentioned so far? Sure. But I think there's an interesting question with Duke. I think. Duke truly believed they were going to get a transfer portal big. Right. And it didn't. And I think they looked to Flory because there were rumors out there that, you know, you could maybe get him in 2023. From what I've heard, I, I don't think, I think everybody's looked into that. I don't know that he could, like, get everything done that he needs to get done to qualify to play in 2023. So does that change where Duke is coming from in terms of how aggressive they're recruiting him? Potentially. Now, if, if Duke gets involved and they try to recruit him to 2023 and the message is like, well, we're, we're 2024, but we'd still really like to hear from you, then I'm sure Duke is going to be like, all right, well, <laughs> you know, potato, potato. Um, I guess Duke, we can but do it. But do Duke, like whatever. right? Yeah. Um, so that that's not to say that if he's not 2023, the Duke would be out. It's just that it's an it's an ever evolving situation, and until he commits somewhere else, and it could be Duke, like it, it could be Duke tomorrow, Correct. But I I still think because of all the ties that Cincinnati is going to continue to be a factor. But as I've said, I've never thought it was a sure thing. Cincinnati was going to get him. I just think there's. You know, there's still a lot of uh, still a lot of uh, miles left in this race before it's uh, it's at the finish line.
0: Yeah, it's 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 always so funny when it comes to Flory. Um What's is, is is it that that Al Pacino gif where it's like just when I'm out, you you pull me totally back right in? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just exactly. like yeah, it's it's obvious that that that's kind of the case. But uh, you know, it's it's a situation where that high level of recruit you're going to want to kind of have the extra attention and extra grind sure. to try and get him in. So hell
1: yeah. He's, he's, he's elite.
0: Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he
1: reminds me like the guy he reminds me of, uh, not as much. I think Bam could step out and shoot it a little more than Flory at this point. Right. But the way they play, he reminds me a lot of Bam Adebayo.
0: Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, I mean, if you can get a bam out of bio, <laughs> you'll take that 10 times out of 10. Currently yeah. playing in the NBA Finals, Game 5. So uh, moving on to the current team, obviously, Tom McKinley, huge addition to the squad. Uh, commitment, just monstrous. Uh, one that will yeah. have many ripple effects, I I feel like. So um, BCJ will continue to be all over that. But go, going on to the current team, uh, right now all I can judge is just from the uh, posts on Twitter, and on Instagram, and it is safe to say that Dede Thomas is a great borderline freak athlete, Uh, the highest no-step vertical, 37.8 inches, uh, the fastest third, fourth court sprint of 2.99 seconds, just a big-time athlete. Uh, John Newman and and Chase Kirkwood uh, were also there on the no-step vertical, and then, John Newman and Ray Kirkwood sneaky,
1: a sick athlete
0: who chase Kirkwood or Newman. Yeah. I, I Kirkwood. Kirkwood also won the monster of the week this past week. Him and him and Josh Reed. So yeah. Uh big time shouts to, uh, to the walk on chase Kirkwood. Who, yeah. He's got some buddies. It sounds like 34.3 no step vert, but uh Rayvon Griffith showing his three fourths court speed John Newman as well showing up on the no step vertical and on the three fourth court speed so um, good to see and hear that from John Newman but uh, aside from that Chad this is kind of your uh, forte uh, to step in and and give us a little uh, is is that a good bird sound there
1: no uh, that was terrible
0: the the birdies if you will um, what are you hearing or surmising from uh, the Current workouts for the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, thing, things are, are going pretty well. Not a ton has is, is changed from, you know, what I was hearing th- at a similar time or, you know, when Dave and I talked on the BCJ pod last week. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's getting after it. Like, there is a very healthy level of competition between this squad. Uh, it's not maybe – and this, you know, this this will change, but everybody's still kind of feeling each other out, getting to know each other. Um, but you know, it's, it's pretty cohesive. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's, uh, uh, a good bunch of dudes that have a pretty high basketball intellect. Right. Like, I think that's one of the things that Wes really, everybody says they put a high emphasis on that, but then you have to go out and find kids that have it. Right. And I think that's, you know, CJ has got it. Uh, Seamus has absolutely got it. Yep. Jameel seems like a guy that, that understands and, and plays the game at a high level. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the thing that's like like catching people's eyes so far. It's just collectively, this is a pretty good uh, in terms of basketball IQ. This is a pretty good team, which you hope when you get into those intense situations in the Big 12, that the uh, the basketball IQ you know takes over it, it steps in and and is you know the the catalyst for how they play down the stretch or how they play you know when you're up 10 and the other team goes on a 7 to 2 run you know and and all of a sudden things are getting tight and kind of stretching that collar out a little bit like can right. they can they bounce back and recover from that
0: yeah i i mean you mentioned uh Seamus on the BCJ pod a little Point guard work, obviously, I to start. No, but like, anything, but
1: they're putting yeah. him in a position where he's going to be able to initiate some offense. Like, that doesn't mean you, that you have to play point guard, but right. it does mean like you can be in a position where, uh, when the team needs offense, that there's not just the point guards that are able to initiate it.
0: Right. And, and, and that brings me back to I listened to a, uh, interview that he was in talking about how his favorite players, Luka Doncic, he doesn't want to, you know, pigeonhole himself on as, as a European type player that only has, you know, the European style, but he did mention that he's not freaky athletic. Like some of these other players are at this level, you know, you, you see Nikolai Jokic mentioned that all the time recently in interviews and whatnot. So it's, it, he uses his IQ and his savviness and his, his ability to, to, you know, see things that other players might not see to right. make up for what he might lack in the athletic department. So I, yep. I think it's a awesome decision to try and put the ball in his hands and have him have some, some Luka type moments, if you will. So um not comparing the two of them, but you know, similar. But just, type yeah, that bigger
1: kid, you know, he's six seven two forty. 240 Like he's right. a big kid, but he's got some ability to, to initiate and pat. Like that's again, like a, a adding a Tyler McKinley. Mm -hmm. get as many of those guys that can guess what they can do they can play fucking basketball right right like (laughs) they may not have the the craziest measurables but they just understand how to play the game and the angles and the the philosophy and the strategy of it all and that makes you better like a million times over
0: i think you saw some of that in vic as well um his ability to pass and, and kind of make different plays for you and then be in the right spot on defense as well. So, yeah, um, man, there's so many exciting pieces on the team and uh, wow, it's a, you know, there. I'm, I'm sure there'll be more birdies and more, uh, yeah. more basketball talk as see summer, summer wears on. So a lot of, it, it's
1: just, it, here's the thing. Like, and, and Ryan can attest to this, like from week one to week two, like, you know, there's a lot of first impressions that happen in week one. And then things kind of start to settle in. It's not that they look the same, but like, okay, like, yeah, Day-Day's a freak athlete. Like, yeah, Jizzle James can, can really kind of get to wherever he wants with the basketball in his hand. Like by week two, we, you already talked about those things in week one because they were the things that made a big impression in week one, uh, you're just not gonna like, you're not as uh, blown away by it in week two because you just talked about it, you just saw it. So things will settle in and, you know, unfortunately I will be gone for the next six days, seven days. So right. I'll have to rely on my uh, my outside, the actual little birdies, not me calling myself a little birdie. <laughs> I have to rely on the action.
0: Well, the don't expose yourself.
1: Well, we've already talked about that. I'm not fooling anybody.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it looks like you know, judging judging off the uh, Steve Logan was was posting on Instagram. Looks like they they've got the the kids camp going this week. Yeah, the kids camp's going today. Yeah. So I I um, talked
1: to somebody that's like, hey, why aren't you here running a station at the kids camp? I was like, oh, the puppy, and then you know, I had the the I had to get the kids some stuff for. For nationals, yeah, I just I, I couldn't make it to run a station at, at the kids camp today. Because
0: <sighs> Chad putting, wasn't available. Were they putting you at the what the three point shooting stroke or the the rebounding?
1: No, I at, at my basketball career, I was the really annoying guy on defense.
0: Okay. The Nat.
1: Yeah, that's well, I, the uh, similar. To, uh,
0: the Nat station presented by Mason Matson. How about that? There
1: you go. My the, the, so Abby Jump's dad was the yeah. JV basketball coach at my high school, and then became the varsity basketball coach uh, okay. after I was gone. Uh, he nicknamed me the Rat. The Rat. I was all yeah. I was that was who I was okay. defensively. I was just getting after you. The Rat. I, like uh, you wanted you wanted to like exterminate me. I was a pain <laughs> in the ass, and I talked shit, and I couldn't score to save my life. But you were going to struggle to get the ball across half-court.
0: <laughs> you rat. The rat. Yeah, the Wait, rat. Was, was. was that the infamous nickname that you wouldn't mention yeah. on that BCJ, pod? Yeah, yo, I just dropped it. Yeah, my sources told me it was the rat, but uh, don't be afraid of that nickname. Wear it with pride, the rat.
1: Yeah, that's just not one you want at 45 and, okay. you know.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Right at at,
1: at at 12, it's fine.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Forty-five. You don't want to nobody nobody wants to be forty-five going around being called the rat. True. Different connotation.
0: I agree. Ryan, what was your nickname <laughs> back in the day, your favorite one that you had?
2: Sorry. Um a lot of like when I was younger, they called me rhino. My dad called me that. And a That's lot of easy. like yeah, Rhino. Yeah. But when I got to when I got to uh uh UC Coach Freeman, Coach Brady, a lot of the strength guys call me Destroyer. Uh, <laughs> they love that one. They would always just call me Destroyer at all times. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, mine was mine was the Diesel back in high school. Diesel. There,
0: there we just, go. I, they had a running back package for me at running back. I'm, I'm the same size now as I was back in high school, so you can imagine that, that running back <laughs> package was special. Oh,
2: yeah. Called it the that Diesel a- Package. Elite,
0: it was uh, let's say a, a four yards and a cloud of dust, something along those lines, but <laughs> it was uh, it was fun. But yeah, that's that's talking basketball, talking nicknames here. Chad, are we, are we doing the yo, Adrian? Is she, is she prepared yeah, she, in the lobby?
1: She, she's ready, she's in there. So, all right, let's quick, real quick quick paper quick. supply, quick paper supply timestamp your local and family owned restaurant supply company for all your new non food products. They provide mostly disposable restaurant supplies, products like to-go containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins, etc. they et cetera. They've been, uh, they've been open since 2009, one of the largest minority-owned companies in the city. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, reference Bearcats, for 20%
0: off
4: your
1: first month of purchases. All right, here we go. Yo, Adrian.
0: Yo, Adrian.
4: What's up, guys?
0: What up, Adrian? What up? Did I get oh, so the, the overlay or are we just,
4: <laughs> oh, there we
0: go. There it is. Low Miller Real Estate. Give Adrian a call, 859 444 8159. Got the emails there. Pin it, place it. Well,
1: you, you got to tell them, Brent. Like some people listen via podcast. Okay,
0: free home evaluations. You got A. Henson. At low, that is L as in Larry, O is in Oscar, H is in Harry, Miller Real Adrian L, L Henson at iCloud.com, Adrian L Henson, realtor. There you go. Low Miller Real Estate. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Yo, Adrian. No, no Aaron today, so we're kind of doing the uh the producer by clergy type situation. So
1: yeah, we're yeah. we're all having to chip in. It's you know. Aaron, Aaron, you would think like I, he's on Twitter. He's posting on Twitter. Like he couldn't, he does not have a laptop in Florida. Like they, they is there no Wi-Fi in Florida?
4: He gets a vacation, guys. Don't be too hard on him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, people expect me to work. I'm, I'm going to be gone in Orlando for a week. I have to work.
4: I know. I didn't get to go. I'm super bummed about that.
1: How did how did things go this weekend for Audrey?
4: Uh, she won one game and lost two. Um, then we were back on the field um, over at Teal Town on Sunday. One we didn't get through uh, the game because it started pouring down rain. Yeah. So um, they they're going to start we, uh, start over on Saturday again.
1: We we were having dinner outside on Sunday when uh, the rainstorms came. Oh, wow. And the puppy. So we've had the puppy for a month. It hasn't rained in a month. So we yep. were unaware of the puppy's uh, opinion on rain. And it turns out she's not a fan. <laughs> so, so she's not So Sunday morning, I, I wake up. I go to take the puppy outside. And it's the first time she has been asked to go to the bathroom in the rain. So I get them on their leash. And I'm, I open the garage door to take them out. And she took two steps out into the rain. She walked straight back into the garage. She was like, nah, man. You, you better put a tent up or something. Because this ain't I'm it. Not, I'm not going out there.
0: This like, ain't it.
1: What kind of savage bullshit do you think? Like, what do you think I'm made of? Right. You've got to go outside and go to the bathroom in the rain. You don't go to the bathroom in the rain. I'm like, you're right. You're right. But you can't pee in the house. So you're going to have to figure it out.
0: There we go. There we go.
4: And is this a female dog? Oh yeah. So you have lots of females in your house.
1: <laughs> Just Kelsey and Callie and the cat, and then me and Tiger. <laughs> me and Tiger are the male influences, but some
0: nice, sometimes you too. You know when you when you don't get your Snickers, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah sometimes I'm a little, I'm a little moody.
0: <laughs> I,
1: I think I've been pretty good tonight. I think I've been in pretty good spirits tonight. No, you've been not? great.
0: I mean there's no Aaron, so that I, might be it. I might You're be right.
1: It. You're right. That might you know? be it.
0: All right. Here's saying. the
1: yo Adrian question for the week. Are you are you ready?
0: Whoa, whoa, where'd you find the yo Adrian? I, I've got a yo Adrian question.
1: Okay, go.
0: And and so this was uh Jacob Hofferer sent this one. Um, well, and it's a two-part. I'm gonna add a little twist to it as well, Adrian. So so yo Adrian. Mm-hmm. What would Chad be doing as a career path if he couldn't be in any type of sports content? So that's the first part. And then also in Chad's past, what's the weirdest, funniest job, or quote unquote job, if you will, that he had in his existence?
4: So I would think that he would be a chef if he wasn't doing broadcasting.
1: I would disagree. You would, <laughs> I would, I would just cause I don't like cooking for other people. Like but I don't want to make, I, yeah. I like making what I like, right? Like I, so if I own, here's where you could be right. If I owned my own restaurant mm-hmm. where I could make the menu and then be a chef, like I would be okay with that. If I yeah. had to work in somebody else's restaurant where I had to make their menu, and like, I, you know, and like make modifications that people wanted that I didn't agree with or whatever, mm-hmm. I would have struggled with that. But if I could have my own spot where I could, you know, like, I would love, like, I, I would love to do like a sandwiches around the world type restaurant.
4: Sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah.
1: Like I, you know, Cubans and Italians and uh, meatballs and, you know, like a pastrami, like a New York city deli. Sandwiches, like sandwiches around the world. I think I would, I would. That would be my jam.
4: Yeah, that could work. And then um, the other question was:
0: oddest job that Chad had growing up.
4: Oddest job? I don't think he really had a job much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What? Yes. (laughs) I I, I managed Radio Shacks for years.
4: Yeah, that's true. That is true.
1: the the oddest job would probably be i worked the uh like at turfway park they have like a vi they had a vip betting section i was the guy that worked the door to check people in to the betting section you were a bouncer no i like i i managed (laughs) the high rollers okay like you had to have your your get your high roller card Okay. And I made sure that no riffraff, kind of a bouncer, yeah. yeah. I made sure that no riffraff got into the, the high end betting area at Turfway Park. That job paid a lot of money.
0: What if I was, a, like, like, I was like, what 19. if like a 6'8 like Hoss was like, I'm getting in there? Are you, are you like, uh,
1: no, nah, fam, no, you're okay. not.
0: Okay, like, right. do you have the card? Like, do I know you? Because if I don't know you,
1: like, I can't let you in.
0: Right, exactly. You
1: don't just get to, you don't just get to like, but you know who, I, who, who actually I found out later in life, spent a lot of time there that I didn't realize, like as I was letting that person into the the high roller room at Turfway Park? Pete Rose. Hep Cronin. I knew Pete Rose.
0: Hep I didn't know ben. Hep
1: Cronin. Yeah, of course. Hep, like, Hep, Hep loves playing the ponies.
0: With Fat so, Ball Guy Racing, baby.
1: Right. So yeah, like I I, I had met half, many times and didn't didn't realize it.
4: I thought okay. your your Radio Shack that job was was um towards oh, it was the end a terrible of, job. Yeah, that was like your senior year, wasn't it?
1: No, I started right after high school, kind of after you know, the Marshall thing. I came yeah. back, worked at Radio Shack, built my way up into management. And That's then right. I found out something important about retail sales that all people should know don't ever get into management because when I was in sales, I made a shit ton of money. Like I, the honest truth is Adrian, if I wasn't doing this, I would be in selling something like, I don't know what.
4: I need a buyer's agent. Something.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would be doing something in sales. Um, But when I, I transitioned from sales to management I worked double the hours and made half the money and I was like this is fucked up (laughs) I'm not doing this anymore (laughs) you know when you're working in sales you can work 40 hours a week and make a lot of money Mm -hmm. and then you go into management and you're working 70 hours a week and you look at your paycheck and you're like what happened what (laughs) happened like, I'm making a salary now instead of a commission. This is terrible.
0: <laughs> well, it's fantastic.
4: So what was the other question, Chad? Did you have another uh,
1: I had one that, that somebody wanted. Um, was Chad actually fast in high school?
4: <laughs> you were pretty fast when you ran track. Yeah. I,
1: mean, I you think you were pretty fast. A couple state meets. Like,
4: I... You wouldn't be doing any hurdles or anything like that, but well, no, I
1: wasn't jumping over anything. Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me?
4: <laughs> yeah, you were pretty quick.
1: All right, yeah, that's fair. I was I was short area quickness. I was not like long, long speed, long distance quickness.
0: Okay, fair,
1: but yeah, I was fast.
4: Did you get my uh, my giveaway um, PDF that I sent?
1: Uh, I mean, I got it, but.
4: Here, hold on. I sent it to your email as well.
0: Okay. Well, maybe that'll. Some producer chat is. jeez. <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been doing a show.
4: Yeah, I'm trying to give stuff away here. Big trying, time. I'm trying to help some people. All they right, want to go cool. to the Reds game. <laughs>
0: um, he's 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 mustering it up. It's going to be plastered on the screen here shortly. Okay. This, this look we're getting from chat, that's harder. There order. we go. There we go. Sell it, Adrian. Tell them, tell them the deal.
4: Okay. So, just like I had mentioned last week, I am doing a giveaway. Um, let us take you to the ball game. We're going to be giving away two, two Reds tickets, one parking pass, and two food vouchers to one lucky winner. Um, we're running a referral contest the next couple of weeks. Um, so basically, um, if you want to go ahead and, and start um this week because it's um I'm gonna announce it on the 26th, which is uh, Monday. Live on the show? Yes, live on the show. Okay. So um so basically it's super easy to enter. All I need is two contacts for someone you know that may be looking to buy, sell, or invest in real estate. I need a valid email address, phone number, and uh, just let them know that I'll be calling. And you'll be entered into a hat um, or a basket, and it'll be announced on June twenty-sixth. Um, or I a know. basket?
1: Or do you do you not have a reliable hat?
4: I have a hat. I have a few hats, <laughs> but they're not um, UC hats. So oh. um, I have.
1: I, like you can stop over. I've got one.
4: Yeah, I might as need long as they out. aren't
0: blue, you're fine.
4: <laughs> and that's the problem. They were yeah, no blue
0: hats, <laughs> okay. no blue hats.
4: So I'll have to get with Chad and get one of them hats. Okay. Um, so basically, um, I, I'm wanting to uh, send somebody to a Reds game, they'll get two passes, two food vouchers, and one parking pass. And uh, I don't know if you can see it in that. That PDF, but um, if you just want to get on my on my Twitter mm-hmm. and um, like or follow me, and then um, my phone number's on there. To
1: you didn't put your Twitter. What's your Twitter?
4: Um, Adrian L Henson Group.
1: All right, there you go. <laughs> you gotta put your if you want people to follow you on Twitter, you gotta put Sorry your Twitter guys.
4: I mean, I thought I put my name up up there at the top.
1: Well, yeah, but you you gotta put the at. That's how people know they got to see the ad. Okay. At. okay. At Adrian Elhenson. The,
0: the old Twitter handle. Yeah. All right. And the Here's, Reds are hot right now. They're hot.
4: Goodness. Everybody wants to go to the Reds game right now.
0: The hot ticket. 3 3 in the
1: bottom of the eighth, Brent. Or
0: top of the eighth. Top of the sixth. Sorry, six. That was a six. Ellie De La Cruz, the Reds are on the radio. He
1: just did some stuff. I don't know. I When I looked, he had beat out a throw to first base, and
0: now he's on third.
1: Oh, so yeah. All right.
0: Appreciate you, sis.
4: Yeah. Love Yo,
0: Adrian. Yeah. you, Adrian. Appreciate you. Hi, Audrey.
4: Then we got Audrey here. All right. Hi,
0: Audrey. Bye, Audrey.
4: Bye, bye guys.
0: Bye. Thanks, Yo, Good Adrian.
4: Night. Thank you. Bye, bye.
0: Bye, bye.
1: There we go. All right. Am I am I reading these, Brent, or are you reading these?
0: I'm reading them. Adrian's still okay. here. gone. she's gone. All right. She gone. Welcome to the BBP mailbag. We're going to start with the football portion of the mailbag. All right. That's right. First off, Killer V. Will this 2023 Brian Brown defense be better than anything Trestle put on the field? That's the Uh... first part of the question. Second part, Ryan, will it be better than any Freeman defenses? Let's um, go.
2: <laughs> yeah. Look, <laughs> first, personnel, um, one, I don't think stacks up. Two, you got to see what the scheme does. I mean, there's all the hype. I mean, he had some success at Lovo. Yeah. Um, Seeing if he can bring that success over with, with uh this stack of players. But I mean, you know, people dogged Trestle uh because he wasn't as aggressive as Freeman, but just the sheer amount of playmakers we had and and the stats didn't lie. We had a top ten defense in the country again. It, there wasn't a, a drop off, even though some clamored to say there was. Um it was just a different feel. But I, I don't I don't anticipate. No knock on Coach Brown. I don't anticipate him being able to like jump right into something like that. Yeah.
1: Look, one, the first uh, Mike Tressel defense had Ahmad Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant and Brian Cook and Darian Beavers. And like, so if there's that level of talent, like if Jordan Young is a, a legit. NFL caliber starting corner. If you know the safety situation works out great. If uh if they they Dan Greziak is a is a beast as a rush edge. Yeah, maybe. Um, but also remember we don't know what those defenses would look like against Big 12 offenses. Yeah, we know what they look like against American conference offenses, which were Statistically, many of them very good, but they didn't have the horses that Cincinnati had on defense. What we, what we think right now is we think we have horses. What we don't know is what kind of horses we have, right? Do we have, do we have thoroughbreds? Do we have stallions? Do we have Clydesdales? Like we, we don't know what type of horses yet. Right. Uh, are on that side of the ball. I love an attacking, aggressive, physical defense. So I'm optimistic about what Brian Brown is going to put on the field. Yeah. Do I think it might be a better defense than we saw last year? Uh, yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Uh, mm-hmm. Am I putting it up with a Freeman, like top 10 defense in the country? We're not, we're not there yet. We might get there. Hopefully we will get there, but we ain't quite there yet.
0: Right. Yeah, I think the questions are still, I mean, there's still too many questions on moving pieces to answer, but it's exciting to to look at the scheme and and you know the aggressiveness and whatnot. But I mean you're talking about some some forces. And uh especially right. in the framing years and in, in that first trestle year, defensive backfield is so important. And when you can literally just They're
1: the best defensive backfield in America.
0: Right. When you can just devote like single man coverage on receivers and just allow your your linebackers freedom to move all around and make plays and not have to worry about helping out and your safeties do the same thing. It's a luxury that not many teams had in Cincinnati had. And you had a
1: guy like Brian Cook that was just elite at that. Like just let him go read and react and and make amazing plays.
0: I agree. It's exciting though, so we'll see. Yeah, um, I'm
1: excited about Brian Brown's defense. I'm just, I'm, okay. to say he's going to have better defenses than Freeman when we saw what Freeman did, got him the defensive coordinator job at Notre Dame, and then in one year got him the head coaching job at Notre Dame. Right. It's not <laughs> be, I mean, it's in part because Marcus is a great dude. Yep. But football coach is number one, and Marcus Freeman's defenses were unlike anything we have seen to this point in Cincinnati. If Brian right. Brown can match that, let's go. Yeah.
0: Let's it, go. I mean, the thing is, you you think about the playmakers that were on those defenses as well. Yeah. Like, Ivan Pace this past season was, like, obviously next level. First team All-American, this, that, and the other. It's, it, Dante is obviously an absolute beast. But he's yeah. at that nose tackle position. You know, how, how much is he truly affecting... Every single play, obviously, he's going to stuff everything up the middle and make it you know difficult and, and suffocating in the passing game as well. But still, it's you know, it's kind of just those those athletes in space. How are they going to do? And uh, we'll have to see. Um, next question is from uh Chugas or Chugs, Chugs. maybe Chugs. Chugs. Okay, uh, when can we expect to see the football uniform design?
1: No idea, this probably.
0: Summer whatever the uh, uh this
1: summer, somewhere yeah
0: whenever, whenever the video crew decides to unleash it right um yeah I
1: mean why 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 leave that gun why why fire that gun right now we got
0: Ryan, how was Ryan, how was that like unveiled to you guys like the special throwback uniforms and stuff was it like guys you got something special for you and then you like came into the locker room and they showed it or how was that kind of unveiled
2: Uh, They kind of just gave us the heads up because they would also give us kind of gear that like shirt, hoodie or stuff like that. And they'd show us it on uh, up in a team meeting and stuff and get or like put it on the mannequin and stuff. Get us all hyped up. Hey, baby. Yeah. I mean,
0: that one throwback was nasty. That red
2: one with the uh, the black stripe. Yeah. white, Yeah. That one was really cool.
0: Next
1: question. Why does, I got a question. Oh, yeah. Why does everybody hate the cartoon bearcat? That is legitimately. It's just a picture of the actual fucking mascot. Why does everybody hate that?
0: I like the new the new one that they've been kind of releasing a little bit.
1: Yeah, but uh, but in general, everyone the the oh, it's the cartoon bearcat. No, it's just the head of the mascot. Why are we anti the head of the mascot being on anything? <laughs>
2: I support it. I think it's so cool. I think it's terrible. It's, it's funny.
1: I love it. Like, it, it, come I on. Don't. I You're will be honest. It's way too serious. <laughs> I man. will be
0: honest. When it was on the red <laughs> the red basketball throwbacks, I did not like it. But, oh. you know, it, it's, it it's makes it mascot. very cartoony. A little too cartoony for me. You know, you go from these fierce blackout uniforms to the red little cartoon bear cat. It's like, yeah. Anyway, uh, next question. UC Merck 17, where do you think the best seat in Nipper is?
1: 50-yard line, first row of Shank Pavilion. If we're taking out – like, we have to take out premium seating here, right? Like, of course, you like, you want to sit in the presidential suite. Yeah. <laughs> right? But – in terms of, like, a seat that, like, just uh, the everyday Joe could buy, okay, give me the, like, 50-yard line first row right on that second deck where you can see everything. You've got a great view both sides of the field. You can get in and out quick. Concessions are right there. Restrooms are right there. Like, that's an ideal seat.
0: Okay. Ryan, have you taken in any games at Nippert as a uh, fan in the stands? No,
2: he's always on the sideline. yeah, he's
0: well, always, I know, he's but, always on the sideline. but maybe Come like on, one man. quarter up in the stands <laughs> sitting somewhere, and then I sat up of
2: like in the parents section one game, kind of on the way to get it to get a beer or something. I don't remember what I was doing, but um. I would have to say probably one of those, uh, seats that they lifted up into the air after breaking off in the student section. That would yes. be, <laughs> That's perfect I point. always thought that was so funny. Just seeing that during the game, I thought it was the yeah. greatest thing ever.
0: <laughs> I mean, they did it every game. I mean, after so a while you gotta be like, what's a going on?
1: Break bleachers. They will, they will do it every time.
0: <laughs> bleachers floating down the Ohio river. Kind of crazy. Um, Next question from Jacob. what's your answer? Uh oh uh let's see here. You
1: got you gotta answer the damn questions, Brent.
0: I mean, I agree with the 50-yard line, that second level that droops over. I'm in on that. Um but but I would say if you're if you're taking in a a nice fan experience, stick me right in the middle of the uh damn student section yeah. and let me just get all liquored up and have it have myself a ball. How about <laughs> that? <laughs>
1: That's, that's a Brent it. answer. I'm with you. I'm with you.
0: How about that? But, uh, yeah. So, next question. Jacob Hofferer. Seems like, oh, you already answered this one. Chad, how did your, your podcast go with Bud Elliott?
1: Uh, yeah, we, it's recorded. It's in the can. I don't know when they're going to release it, but it's going to be sometime here, you know, this offseason. Cover so, three pod, uh, baby. Yeah. I did Check it. It, out. it was really good. Uh, Bud was was very knowledgeable about the Bearcats, so uh, it went well, and it should be out fairly soon. Boom.
0: Check that out. Uh, last question in the football mailbag. Sauce Gardner, MVP, asks, Approximately how big will the 2024 class be? Do they prefer to take Portal or high school players?
1: There's no limit anymore. So, like, this is new. We have no idea what this looks because – there used to be a number, right? Like it was 25, 25. So you take 18 to 20 high school kids. You take, you take five to seven transfers. <clears throat> now the, the question is how many spots do you have available right on the 85? If you have 30 spots available, then you're going to take 30. If yep. you have 70 spots available, like Colorado did, then you're going to take 70. Like it, that's, that's the unknown Mm -hmm. is what does essentially what does year two attrition look like under a new staff, right? Because maybe you had some guys that were like, Hey, I'm going to stick this out and see if I can work my way up the depth chart. And then transfers come in and all of a sudden maybe they're, they're blocked. And then now you have a, a wave of transfers after next season or into the spring next season that's all going to be determined now by what the market dictates so my guess my guess is you're going to take 23 to 25 high school kids every year and then the rest are going to be like how many spots do we need in the transfer portal that is going to vary by staff but we've already seen the staff they're at 10 we think based on what they've said, there are three more coming from this official visit weekend
0: 13. Total. They've got
1: another official visit weekend coming,
0: yep. which
1: could get you in that, you know, if everything goes according to plan, get you in that 16, 17, 18 range, something along those lines. Right. Um. And then what are you going to do from there? Yeah. So somewhere 20 to 25, mm-hmm. and then you you deal with the rest in the transfer portal just assuming how many spots you have open. It, it's, it used to be so much easier from our end. And right. even then, what did we always say? The numbers will always work themselves out.
0: Yeah, they always do. Every now
1: time. it's even more. The numbers will always work themselves out now
0: sometimes you don't even know what the damn number is.
1: Right. Like, it doesn't matter. We're just going to keep recruiting and we'll figure it out. Right. Like, at the at the finish
0: line. And that's the football portion of the mailbag. Uh, Aaron, I'm trying to sound like you a little bit, my man. Uh, now on to the basketball portion. Uh, Killer V asks, if either Jizzle or Day Day, or the combo of both, are a Ellie De La Cruz, like in performance, Less, was he over under for the easy, season? Be 25 easy, wins,
1: easy, easy, easy.
0: Oh, let's say 25. that
1: one of the two point guards is the most exciting prospect in the history of college basketball. Oh, that's what Ellie De La Cruz is. He's the most exciting prospect in the history of baseball, Think or so? at least one of the five. He's he's elite. Arm, power, speed—like that's that's not that's not. We don't get to we don't get to compare people to that, right? So if they are really good, if both of them are really good, I think this is a a twenty-three win, twenty-four win. To, you're gonna lose in the big eight 12. to ten games in the Big
0: Twelve. You're there gonna. Are- there were 3 teams that had more than 25 wins 25 or more wins in the Big 12 this past season that's Kansas State, Texas and Kansas. So it's tough.
1: <laughs> you're going to lose 8 to 10 games in the Big 12 if you like if you have a good year yep. right now going into this like first year a lot of new road environments, a lot of new coaches you're dealing with. What happens when you're in a conference over time is you understand patterns and you understand like, this is what we're dealing with. That's not the case right now. Everything is going to be new for Cincinnati. Right. So I like if, if the point guards are where they need to be mm-hmm. 22, 23 wins somewhere in there, if they're not up to snuff, it could be trouble. I, like, that's just being honest.
0: I All mean, right. you break it down Just even more, honest. though, Chad. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Kansas State. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Kansas State, who made that that special run hey. in the tournament, yeah, Sorry. had 23 wins going into the tournament.
1: Right, and had an elite point guard right? and a, a five-star transfer that that only got overlooked in the transfer portal because he almost died.
0: Yeah, that's that's facts. Yes, um,
1: like I'm not taking anything away from Keontae Johnson. There were right. a lot of people that weren't going to recruit Keontae Johnson because he literally he was almost Hank Gathers.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I but but you look at teams like West Virginia, Iowa State. They only had 19 wins going into the tournament,
1: <laughs> right. The, the NCAA tournament.
0: NCAA tournament, yes.
1: Not yeah. the Big 12 tournament. No. The NCAA tournament. So there's a lot of people that, like, you're going to have to be prepared that this team's going to have 16, 17 wins on March 1st. It yeah. could be ahead of schedule.
0: Right. I I mean, Killer asked if they struggled. Do they get to the 20 wins and dance? If you get to 18 wins with a couple of, of, good quality wins in conference and, yeah. and and no stumbles out of conference.
1: You're in comfortably.
0: You're, <laughs> you're in the, you're in that heavy, heavy discussion. So, yeah, I think, uh, the big 12 is, is a blessing and a curse. Cause you look at your, your record and you'll, you'll be like, ouch. But and then you'll look at your seating, projected seating. And you're like, Oh, I, oh, I mean, we're yeah. an eight well, seed. I don't know why we're, we're, we're saying ouch right, right now, but that is that. Um Otter 217 asked when would the birdies be out next? We already kind of touched on that. Uh then then Chugas or Chugas again. Uh, Chugs Chukes, Uh percentage chance of making the NCAA tournament now that we know the full roster.
1: We don't know the full roster because we don't know the waiver status of Aziz and Jamil. So we don't know the full roster yet.
0: Say both are eligible.
1: 54% they make the tournament. Okay. We don't we, we don't know the out of conference schedule. Like we don't have right. a ton of idea on that yet and that was impacted with Mike Roberts leaving cuz mm-hmm. that was Mike Roberts' like responsibility was the schedule. Um yeah, I'll go I'll go 54%. Okay. More likely than not, but still a lot of questions to be answered on June 12th.
2: Okay. Ryan? I was going to go with 58, a little bit higher Woo! than Chad because the momentum right. momentum from last year I thought was good. The recruiting momentum, I think that all matters. I think it all factors into the culture and what Wes is doing and what he's, he's going to be able to put on the floor. But still, I can't do anything ridiculous. In the 60s or 70s, because I mean big 12 gauntlet, man. You're you're in for it. Drinking that Kool-Aid with you, Ryan. Pass me that Kool-Aid, baby.
0: 59 and a half percent chance. 59 and a half. There we go. Stamp it. Rookie, rookie score. Rookie score. <laughs> um, but yeah, strong, strong odds. Uh up next is AC Mazzaro. Fast forward to the opening game of the season, other than Sage, which of the other twelve scholarship players being in the starting lineup would be most surprising to you?
1: Rayvon, I don't think he's like uh, he's new. And I, don't, I think if Rayvon was a day one starter, that would be that would raise some eyebrows. Yeah, in a great way,
0: right? In a great way. You'd be like, "Oh, uh, really Josh, you got a good player." I think Josh would
1: would Josh, surprise yeah. a lot of people, although he's had, you know, a, a very good offseason so far. There's a lot of optimism for Josh. Right. Uh going into uh like as we're we're getting into the summer.
0: Right. Um Chase Kirkwood jumps his way into the starting five.
1: He's not on scholarship. Shut up, Brent. <laughs> CJ Anthony, also a, a walk on would be would be quite
0: the surprise, surprise. though.
1: Um, everybody else, like I, either of the point guards, wouldn't surprise me. Uh, if Dan you told CJ. me, if you told me, Seamus, CJ, Newman, or Dan, Dan
0: oh, maybe starters, Odie, I'd say Odie,
1: yeah, but Odie started,
0: I agree, like the whole
1: back half of last year. So, if he started day one, but if I, all... I wouldn't be shocked. If the guy that started the last 12-15 games of last year started game one.
0: Okay. Yeah, sure. I I you know agree. what I'm saying. Yes.
1: Like I, right. I agree with your like your overarching premise right. on where you're going. But I would say, like, if 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 they walked out day one and it was like Vic and Odie or like are, are your, your starting front court, like, okay, that's how we right. ended last year. Yeah. So I wouldn't be blown away.
0: Okay. Yeah. Ryan, you got you got any any surprises coming out of the the woodworks? In I like five? Your,
2: I like your Odie comment. I do. I think I think there's some way to that because there's no like, no offense to Odie, just like there's no way we're going go out and get the guy, and then he's and not then just going to be yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the question would be, Ryan, would you go
1: get Aziz, and then Odie starts at the four, or the question could also be. Jamil and Aziz neither get their waivers, or only one gets their mm. waiver. Yeah. And then, would you really be that shocked if Odie was was one of the the starters? No, you wouldn't. So yeah, I'm
0: talking freaky freaky stuff. Right, we
1: have un, we have questions that have yeah. to be answered before we can. So you know,
0: I think my all. final answer would be Josh Reed.
1: I, I, I would say Ravon, just yeah. because it like. There is Dan, Seamus, CJ, right. John. Right. Ahead of a freshman in Ravon. True. If Ravon, like again, if Ravon started game one, it would be surprising. It would also be awesome for the program because that would have meant Ravon had an incredible spring and fall.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um Bearcat band 72. At what point will we get confirmation that Sage and Newman have been granted medical red shirts, or has it already happened?
1: I, I don't predict anything about the NCAA. I think Bearcat Bands has asked me several NCAA eligibility questions. <laughs> and if not, I'm sorry that I attribute that to you. I have no idea. Like, I, I just don't know. Like, sometimes you think like the case is in and every point that could be made is made and a decision should come shortly, and it's three months. Sometimes you think, I'm not expecting anything for two months, and a decision comes. Right. So, like, I, I just, I with the NCAA, I can't properly predict anything because none of it makes any damn sense. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I I just don't know.
0: I mean, I mean, hell, Ryan's still waiting on his response about his waiver. I mean, it's just that's no. Crazy. He had he had
1: a waiver. He was good. He had a COVID year. and He decided that he was too Incredible. good. He was too
2: good. It's for still success. there, man. Still, still I good. don't think
1: it is. I think it expires. Like yeah. I think if like like oh, your really? clock, yeah, I think your clock. COVID is your clock. still
0: exists, and like and I, it. I think
1: if you went to like if you were in the uh like if you went to the Navy or something for a couple of years. You probably could have got that back, wow. but I don't think, I don't think they're going to take like uh yeah, I just was, I was an engineer at GE and I'm ready to play football again. I don't know that they allow that. Dude,
0: <laughs> going the old uh, Bernard James route, huh?
1: Look, if I walk into higher ground and you're out there, I might tackle you myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Big time. Uh, all right. Lloyd GM, no, actually, sorry, Bearcat30, how impressed are you that Wes is able to keep guys like Odie and Newman in the fold while uh, somewhat recruiting over them? These guys have started a lot of games and might not start at all this season. It's
1: the culture that Wes has built. Like, that's the point. Like, that. Th- this is what this guy is all about, is getting everybody to buy in and be one with each other and be a team and not have petty differences and like, you know, the stuff we talked about earlier in the show on the football side that like the, the finger pointing and the, the, that stuff, as long as you can keep it out of the locker room, you're in good shape. And Wes is a guy that's, that's been able to do that. So uh, we'll see if it continues, but it's pretty impressive. Like it shows how much these guys trust him. That they trust, you're going to use me right. You're going to do right by me. Right. Maybe I'm not going to be a starter. Maybe I'm not going to play 31 minutes a game, but I'm going to be part of this team. And you're going to do right by me. And you're going to let me, like, allow me to be in a position to contribute and and be an important player on this roster. Right. like that's that's what it shows like it, it's a it's definitely a very positive sign for the future of the program in an era where it's so easy for guys to just be like deuces
0: say that you know what I'm gonna read you the uh the beautiful um definition of movement from the Oxford languages dictionary uh the it's a movement. Noun it's it's an act of changing physical location or position or having this changed okay so position changing position or it's also a change or development development so the movement happens you got to be able to adjust you got to be able to develop change with the development so the movements happening these guys are changing they're developing they're figuring out new new places new positions and they're trusting the process along the way. Two feet in, ten toes down, fired up, baby. <laughs> there we go. Right. All right. Next up, uh, Lloyd GM. Given what Coach Wes Miller and staff have been doing on the recruiting trail, do you think four-star recruits are going to be the norm going forward? And then, can you speak to how UC basketball is viewed outside of our region for recruit perspective? And how familiar are they with us?
1: Depends on the recruit and what their connection is and what their connection is to the staff and, like, the staff's ability to sell. But, yeah, four-star and up recruits are the norm. Because surviving in the Big 12, in the uh, unproven or, like, uh, hidden gem market, you'll still dabble there. Like, if you feel like you found a guy that is better than, what everybody else thinks, you'll still dabble in that. But the reality is, like, less not messing around with, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm overturning every rock, right? Gu- guess what? They had in the pipeline. As soon as they got the job, Isaiah Collier, guess what they had in the pipeline at the beginning of the cycle. In the second year, Flory Badunga. Like uh, Jace Richardson this year, Tyler McKinley this year, like Flory this year, like th- this isn't by accident. This is this is by design that they have these Gizzle. connections, big time. Gizzle. Yeah, like I, so th- th- it isn't uh, it isn't fluky what they're doing, and I think you can expect two to three top one hundred level kids. You know, every year, like that's the that's the standard going into the Big Twelve that you better uphold. Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to survive in the best conference in the country, you better have a bunch of top 100 kids on your roster. You get your ass kicked.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree that uh, that moves us over to the Banks portion of the mailbag. Wrapping it on up, skins ninety nine. The man, another rapid fire real quick guys real quick salsa or queso
1: that's i know it's rapid fire but it depends on the place queso Got queso, go. queso. Times out of a, a good me. queso i'll go queso but man some places have just amazing salsa that you know
0: i' still picking queso yeah i'll go
1: queso i'll go queso
0: Go to I had a bland pizza.
1: queso the other night is why it might be a little gun shy of queso. <laughs> <laughs> like it just didn't have like queso. they didn't have the right spices in it. It was good, it was what creamy, like it was okay, but it didn't have like the it didn't it wasn't great.
2: Some of the best queso man, drunken taco in Clifton. I've is heard it good? I it's, haven't been there, I've heard it's like it it almost has like a little fiery, like wood fired taste to it, some spice. It's thick, it's good, man. Every everyone, everyone that you have has fire those jalapenos. If fire roast is
0: jalapenos
2: before you make it's, your queso.
0: Is that drunken taco place? Is that the place that like everyone lists as the number one food place in Clifton? It's
2: it's not it's up the there. Food, it, it's dude, it's <laughs> it's the food's okay. The queso's great. You just go there just before you go drink, and it's right. like doable. It's do it's doable. If you look at what you're eating, you're like, oh shh. I don't know. <laughs> it's a
0: it's it's a quarter of a step up from Taco Bell. How about that? Uh next, rapid fire. Go-to things to put on your hamburger.
2: Nothing. Lettuce, lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, mayo, cheese. Cheese. cheese.
1: Here's yes. when I'm making them at home, here's what I do: cheese, mayo on the top bun, A1 sauce on the bottom. That's it. Ooh cheese mayo a1 sauce
0: yeah i'm a i'm a mayo guy i like i like onions lettuce tomato i like mayo ketchup mix a little bit a little jalapeno
1: if you're gonna do a mayo ketchup mix like you gotta really mix like you gotta you gotta get a bunch of shit in there I'm okay not just like a just squirt sweat. of ketchup and a squirt of mayo eh. no.
0: <laughs> five guys do pretty well Some
1: spicy brown mustard a little, a little spices. I'm not, I'm not
0: making Mac stock here. I'm just, I'm just, Herbs. A little tasty. little tasty. A little tasty. <laughs> Princess Diaries or Bring It On?
2: Bring It on. I don't know. I haven't seen them.
0: You haven't seen either of these, Ryan?
1: No. Sure. I've seen both. Neither of them do much for me.
0: Bring, bring it, it On had me have It me was a like Bring It On, bring it on. It was pretty good. Bring It on I had like 30 different spinoffs, yeah, in it to win it and all that stuff. I, I was uh, you know, bringing on, oh, it came out in 2000. That was my uh, yeah, I was I hadn't even hit the OP yet, so I was uh, <laughs> that was an exciting movie. I do remember, I, remember that. I do remember. I mean, it was just a bunch
1: of cheerleaders the year yeah. after you graduated high school, so. <laughs>
0: I didn't graduate high school in 2000. i kidding. <laughs> um, I was gonna say I was I was a little little boy still, just figuring out what it was to be a man. And bring it on helped me out. <laughs> but uh Princess Diaries uh, is pretty good too. Yeah, both are good. Like
1: I don't I don't have a preference really. I guess if I had to choose, I'd watch Bring It On. i although that's probably pretty creepy for a guy that's 45 now.
0: Hat tip to uh to Anne Hathaway, also the same name as Shakespeare's wife. Yeah, fun fact there <laughs> for all you all you buffs. Um, thank you, skins. Now for uh, Jukes again. Uh, this is start, bench, and cut barbecue food one. edition. Pork, brisket, chicken.
2: Start brisket. Star brisket, bench pork, cut chicken.
1: Yeah, yep. I'm with you. I'm there with you, Royer. I think I think that's the, the obvious answer. Like yeah, yeah, like it, you could make a case for start pork just because of like ribs alone. But mm-hmm. ribs are so hard to get right.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a like it took me
1: like it took me like two years to get my ribs where I wanted them.
0: Well, you know what, Chad, this is a good segue you're doing. Also, are ribs overrated, underrated, or properly rated?
1: Properly rated, because if you know where to get them, they're amazing. If you go to the wrong spot, ribs are shit because they're dry or they're like, I don't like fall off the bone. I want, when I bite into a rib, I want to see my teeth mark in that rib. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I want to see, like, I, I
0: don't like want fall it to fall off just, the bone.
1: You can do that in an oven.
0: I know. My brother makes a, a mean rack of ribs, I tell you what.
1: If you're smoking ribs, you want them to have a little bite to them, right, Royer?
2: I Yeah, because, like, sometimes when you just bite them and it just all comes off at once, it just doesn't, like, I don't know. You can't savor it and enjoy it as much. Right. Fair enough.
1: If I'm going to do that, I'll just cook them in the oven, and I'll take the rib meat and, like, make a sandwich or, like like, do something else with the meat. If I want to eat a rib, like hold a bone in each hand and bite it, I want to see like my teeth mark it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. You know, I uh Royer, have you seen Frank the Tank make some ribs on the grill?
2: I saw that. It was what a disaster. That <laughs> the was. The, the, sc- <laughs> the charred mess. Yeah.
0: yeah. Open so what the fuck?
1: <laughs>
0: oh man well hey that's the mailbag guys brent go ahead and get us out of here
1: brent get us out of here
0: well uh a little bit longer one today because there is no bcj pod this week so yeah good good to have this one you can break it down into chunks and you can finish I, it by thursday
1: brent i might need you for uh like a nightcap at some point this week so i'll hit you up just to like I'm gonna be in Orlando. Mold I'm gonna over. be up late. Like, I we might need a nightcap or two I, just to I keep don't the have, fans I, going.
0: Yeah, it's it's work, and then and then I'm here. So yeah, just let me know.
1: All right.
0: Um. Yeah.
1: But probably not you know tomorrow. What? I'm gonna be traveling, but we'll see.
0: Yeah. Just let me know. But hey, this is this is good to mull you over for at least a little bit of the week until we give more to right. you.
1: For everybody that's like, there's too much content on Bearcat Journal. You're going to find out this week that you're going to be like, where the hell's all the content? Chad was right. We need more content. That's what this week is going to show everybody because Aaron and Dave decided to take vacations opposite Kelsey playing in AAU volleyball nationals, which takes precedent. That's more important than their family vacations.
0: There you
2: go. 100%. 100%. 100. <laughs> Only if the damn trophy makes its way back up. That's right. Right and back not, there.
0: Right, right
1: back there. Right there. Right here. Right here. It's going to go right here. And if it's not here, then I'm going to be home. I'm going to come back from Florida alone.
0: Good. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Big time. But, uh, hey, right. anything else, guys, before we shut this one down?
1: We'll see you guys next
0: Monday.
2: Yes. Thank you, Bearcat Nation. There we go, baby. Hey, always good checking in with you. There
0: we go. Uh, You know, you know what? Ryan's gonna give us his best. See ya after I say this exit. I'm so excited for that. Aaron Smith, Ryan Royer, see ya. But hey, guys, for my good (laughs) pals, my partners, my dudes, Chad Brendel and Ryan Royer, I am Brent Young. Yet again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya.